on today's show, we are getting to know Liana. But first, a word from today's sponsor, Andre Psyche. Yes, dear listeners, AndrePsyche.com is gone, but Andre Psyche on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, the man, myth, and legend, is alive and thriving. You see, Andre's adopted a minimalistic lifestyle with materialistic things like mattresses, pillows, websites, cars, his hair. However, his creative libido is fully stimulated, never minimalistic, despite what you hear, and viewable. Andre is a freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up. It's Andre Psyche. The next time you're looking to friend or follow someone outside of your social circle. We're also brought to you by Dewey Crush, the taste of summer. Summer's most sought out and coveted East Coast drink, the Crush, is now available in a ready-to-drink canned cocktail. Available in three thirst-quenching flavors, the original orange, the refreshing grapefruit, and an iconic watermelon. Dewey Crush contains smooth premium vodka, sweet citrus triple sec, fresh fruit juice, and a splash of lemon-lime soda, making it the perfect partner to any summer event. So whether you're going to a barbecue, headed to the beach, or just hanging with friends, crush it with the new Dewey Crush, now available in Dewey Beach and all over Delaware. Want some more information? Go to DeweyCrush.com. We here at the Getting to Know You Pod need your help. Our sound and recording equipment is in dire need of upgrading because we never purchased any of it. Support the cause by going to our Patreon and subscribing to the Getting to Know You Pod for as little as $2 a month. The link's in the description. Your support is essential to improving the quality of this podcast and is much appreciated. Two bucks, a little too much. Well, here are three, three ways to help. Push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You Pod on. Friend and follow the pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go to Apple. Write a review. Those, dear listeners, will cost you nothing but your time. And finally, we're looking for sponsors and advertisers. So if you or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market reach, please consider partnering with us. The podcast is downloaded coast to coast across the continental United States and internationally, I may add, also in Alaska and Hawaii. So again, if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your product, more clicks on your whatever, just message us. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. My cup of tea. Liana, who I found out has been having her name mispronounced for the majority of her life. Thank you for educating me to your name, and um, thank you so much for coming on and uh, letting everybody get to know you, Liana. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's good to good to meet you officially and uh, and to learn your name as well. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I um, 
it's funny, man, because I, I guess I have enough posts, like podcast-wise, Instagram-wise, where people are pretty trusting that it's not a phishing scheme. Like early on yeah. when I'm like cold messaging people, yep. it's like you have to be some sort of Russian bot. Like what's your name? <laughs> and I go through this whole like vetting process. Yeah. Now it's like you can hit someone with a message. They check your profile, I guess. They like see a Spotify link and they're like, oh, dude, he has like whatever, a hundred and some yeah. episodes. Like, totally down with it. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, I feel like, I, yeah, this sounds weird, but like I get messages like a couple times a day from things like that where they're like, DM us, we want you to do this. And you're just like, yeah, delete. No <laughs> like, I don't know who this person is. This is a robot sending me a message. So, dude, I get yes. it. Yeah. I almost feel big time because every time I post now, I get like four to five immediate bots. Yeah. You know, you get the like, you get whatever the follow, and then you get the immediate message of DMing. And I'm like, I think I'm two interactions away from having like $40,000 in debt and maybe yeah. someone at night coming to get my kidney. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right? It's, I don't know, that stuff freaks me The new me black out. market, I guess. Yeah. It, it, it has to be something. I mean, yeah. it, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's completely off the side, but I often wonder like, who are those people if they are people or yeah. is it a legit, just computer programmed where anytime this hashtag gets mentioned, it's like rapid fire spam. I think it's probably a little bit of both. Cause there are definitely like bots that just search for like keywords or something like that. So yeah. I, we could figure out what they are so we stop using them and stop getting bombarded with them. That'd be awesome, yeah, but damn. I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> For me, it's basically, it's probably the word like hashtag podcast. And they're like, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes, <laughs> we're going to get to promote, promote it on this. And then like someone's yeah. silly enough to like feel that they're going to get a thousand followers by subscribing to it. Like I get those messages, you know, it's like, I can get you 10,000 followers. All it takes is $10. And you're like, <laughs> do people for that it's almost like the the tinder girls who are trying to give you massages or some shit and you're like oh my god you live right down the road from me you're available 24 hours a day wow not creepy at all and it's only 30 dollars. what a value it's like who the yeah, fuck it just depends on what people are looking for at a, yeah i mean dude I'm, yeah. I'm just wondering like who the fuck falls for that like who plenty of people we all want to believe that like people are genuine we want to believe that someone's telling us the truth and i think it's like it's a good thing and a bad thing, but like, yeah. I think generally we're like, why would somebody take advantage of me? We want to assume the best of somebody. And so we get taken advantage of the situation. That's so true. Cause yeah, it has to work or else they would stop doing it. Right. Whoever the, right. It but is. you know, it goes back to that guy in a bar, the guy in the bar asks a hundred girls that question. One of them's going to uh, say yes. So it's true. more about playing odds than it is about playing intelligently, I guess at that point. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It's all, it, 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 so, um, one of the things I thought about, I thought about while um, when I was making the podcast is um, Tim Tebow. Are you familiar uh -huh. with Tim Tebow? Yeah, I'm a football fan. I'm kind of like one of those obnoxious people that has like I've I've tuned I've toned back. I have I don't have like three fantasy teams anymore. <laughs> oh, you got that <laughs> serious with it, huh? I was. I yeah, I like it. So I was the one that used to yell at the TV in college, and yeah, we don't do that anymore. So we're gotcha. nice and calm now. <laughs> that makes sense because you're a Philly person, right? Like that's almost I, a prerequisite. Yeah, I know. We have a reputation. It's okay. Yeah. I fit the reputation. I didn't throw anything at any children or Santa Claus. Or Santa Claus. <laughs> the batteries. Santa. Yeah, you, it's there. <laughs> you know, I just bring triple A's to the games now. I don't do the D batteries anymore <laughs> yeah. just to be nice.
Um, but so the Tim Tebow thing. So I remember Tim Tebow getting drafted out of college and everybody's like, he's not going to be anything. He's not going to be anything. Like he's never going to get drafted. And his yeah. agent's message is it only takes one. Yeah. I don't need all 32 teams to believe that he's a franchise. I just need one. And I like, and, yeah, that's the confidence you want your agent to have. In right? Yeah. Like it's only going to be one. But I think of that with what you were saying with the bots and it was almost my mindset with the podcast when I started was like, you know, I just need one person to kind of like believe in it and not yeah. as like the creepy way the bots are doing, but it's like, <laughs> it's kind of true. If you can just find one, it almost builds from there and you get your chance. You get your foot in the door. Yeah. And I feel like there's honestly like, you know, it's never a waste of time to talk to somebody. You either learn something, they learn something or you grow in some way. And so it's, I'm always open to conversation. So even if you're, even if you were a crazy person, which you're not, but <laughs> I mean, maybe in some ways, which we all are, but yeah, 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 it's always worth it. I think it's always worth it to have a chance to talk to somebody, but yeah, it's, it's good that you're, it seems like you've got a lot of people like they're open. People want to be heard and they want to talk to somebody. You give somebody a chance to say, Hey, I want you to tell me your life story. And most people want to take that because most people feel like they have something to say. I think so, man. And I think it's, um, I found it very interesting. So I'm also, I'm, I'm a teacher more so than a podcaster and a awesome. basketball coach. And it's amazing when you get to meet, not in like the whole class setting. So you got 30 kids yeah. and you sit down with a kid one-on-one -on -one, and mm -hmm. it's like, if you were ever, I'm an only child, but if you have multiple siblings and your parents finally just take you out for ice cream. Yeah. You're you, like, I am it right now. I have some to myself. Yeah. No I have doubt, four man. kids and every once in a while we have like one because the others are off somewhere else. And they're like, I'm the only kid. And they literally will say that they're like, I'm the only child right now. And we're like, they're other, they're coming back. And they're like, right. But right now it's just me. And like, <laughs> but in okay. this moment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it, it's really cool to get people, you know, to set aside some time and almost kind of like brag on themselves for a sustained period, because I think it is kind of infrequent. I think it's a, yeah. we're in like a drive-by society and it's really cool to chill, sit in the dark in a really, um, like what, what's a good word to describe that chair, man? People aren't going to get Sorry, to Yeah. I'm it. like in my room here and this is what I got. I don't it, know. This is my re this is my, like, I write a lot and this is my chair. I said, I don't know what this is, but dude, it's it looks like comfy as hell. It's not a it's throne. Very comfortable. Yeah. It's not a throne. I, yeah. No, we're not quite there. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, but it's like Never. wrapping around you. So it's I like, think it's like a wing. I think they're called a, no, it's not a wing back. It's something. It has a name, but it, we'll go with it. It's a glorious chair. Like, Thank you. <laughs> it's, you're not, you're not getting that at a yard sale. I got this chair for, I think like a hundred dollars at like home goods. I like walked in there and I saw it the one week and it was like 400 bucks. And I was like, no, right. I came back and the price kept dropping. And I'm like, all right, now I'll buy it. Dude, I've never seen that price drop. I, I was almost going to say maybe a value at Ikea somewhere, but it looks so much yeah. better than an Ikea chair. Nope. It was good. Yes. This is my, this is my claim to fame is my chair right now. <laughs> so, sorry. You said teacher. So what do you teach? Um, I'm a actually uh, reading. So reading and writing. Oh. Nice. Uh, what grade? Middle school. So 6th, oh, 7th, 8th grade. Um, they don't pay you enough. <laughs> dude, it's, it, you get paid. So I wound up grabbing some, uh, this is a complete side note, um, but like the teaching scale, you can make money. You just got to invest in it early. So you get yeah. paid based on how many years you're teaching and how many okay. um, credits you get, graduate credits. Okay. So my first year teaching, I saw the pay scale after I got hired and I'm like, who the fuck wouldn't get a doctorate as soon as possible? 
because <laughs> like you're going to work the whatever eight to nine hours a day yeah. and you can either make 40 grand a year or 80 some grand a year. So yeah. I'm like the quicker you can just jump over on those grad degrees, um, the better your life's going to be. Yeah. Um, but people who kind of like have those bachelors because life takes over, they're not able to get those additional credits. It, um, yeah. It, it it really isn't enough. <laughs> it it's not enough no, for what they do. No, they really are barely. I have some friends that are teachers, and I'm just like, how are you living? Yeah, for the time they put in, the thought, like they're always, I don't know, like you're always teaching, you're always thinking about the kids yeah. or thinking about the lesson, thinking about how to make things better, the environment better, you know, change. And you're also life. you're dealing with middle schoolers, which are their own basket of oh, dude, hormonal it, disasters it's, so <laughs> you, you just laugh at them man you just yep. it, it i actually love it because you just get to um not berate or belittle but you kind of get to goof on them like being yeah. goobers and <laughs> they actually seem to like appreciate it and embrace it yeah uh, i don't know i don't know if it's a secret sauce but i've really um i really enjoy the age because they don't take themselves that that yeah, serious that's I was going to see if that was better or worse, if it gave me more light, but never mind. I'm going to stay in the dark here. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's like the um, intelligent kingpin just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> the evil villain that's like actually going to be good, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I'm sorry. Dude, that was deepers. I didn't even get into what I wanted to ask you. Good, back when good. We were I, I asked. No, I, wanted, I wanted to hear. I appreciate that. No, what I was thinking of with going back to the bots was you seem to be super travely. Like you go a lot of places. I was really surprised that you even had kids. I'm like, do, yeah. do, do they go along on these like deep ocean Sometimes, dives? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I was curious, traveling wise, safety wise, trying to live your life and do these experiences. Have you ever been in some like precarious positions traveling internationally? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, like alone or with other people? So. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like I could, I, I, I could see it going both ways. Like if you're a lady and not that you have yeah. to look good, be fit to like get attention. Cause anybody who's alone could no, be a if, victim. Yeah, if you're female and walking or even not, sometimes that's enough. Yeah. Right. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. But then oh, yeah. kid, kids add another whole dynamic to safety and thinking mm -hmm. about environment. So yeah. And any way you want to take it, I'm just Always no, impressed yeah. with people um, who travel. So, yeah, no, I, I do travel a lot. I travel internationally a bit. Obviously, COVID, I wouldn't say even like it stopped that for a bit, but I was really fortunate enough to still be able to go. But obviously, certain most countries were closed. I was in Mexico quite a few times this past year, um, which people are like, isn't that dangerous? And I'm like, you know, don't be stupid. It's like kind of a thing. Like, pay attention, be aware of your surroundings. Like, I'm also the type, like, you know, I'm not, like, neurotic, but, like, I'm aware of who's around me. And yeah. if I'm in a building, I know, like, who who's there and who's coming and going. And if you're walking down the street, like, this is just, it's sadly, it's just the, you know, the world that we live in. And hopefully that changes at some point. But, you know, we're certainly going to hopefully still be aware of that as women. Like, when you're walking down the street, if someone's coming too close, if someone's following you, if you cross the street and they cross, you're just paying attention to these things. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, just simply like being aware and being somebody who pays attention to those things and can like read somebody else decently at that point. Like I've had enough experience with people of who's, who's creepy. I bartended for like eight years. Oh um, yeah. So your radar. Sure that will, 
that will teach you everything you ever needed to know about anyone. Like I did that back in like high school and college. And I used to wear like a fake wedding ring, uh, like a fake engagement ring because sad truth of it is like when you're, you know, your tips are relying on people liking you as a human being or like feeling like, you know, you got guys coming in, hitting on you at the bar and it's like, as the bartender, like you can't just tell them to piss off. Yeah. You, you kind of got to get them, You kind of got to do it in a way that doesn't like bruise their ego. I mean, you can bruise their ego, but you're going to make a lot less money that night if you do. No doubt. And so, you know, it's, there's things like that where it's like, you know, that would be an easy way to turn somebody down where you're like, Oh, sorry. I'm, you know, I'm not single. And they're like, Oh, and then they, you know, some idiot guy can sit there and be like, feel like fine with his ego because they're like, Oh, if she was single, she definitely no would be interested in my drunk self right now. No, doubt. Like, no but you know, whatever. So <laughs> I feel like I definitely learned a ton from that time for sure. Just cause you are constantly having, you know, just an interaction with people who usually are not, um, at their best. Yeah. Not, not well intended <laughs> for sure. No. Or single minded. They've got a one track no. mind at that point. Yeah. So I think that, that, you know, I think there's like some background there. Um, just some awareness. Like I grew up fast. I've worked for, since I was like 14 years old. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's legal or not. <laughs> but, no, well, in Delaware it is. You can start getting yeah, a workers' yeah, permit at Delaware, 14. Yeah, I don't know if it was um, bartending. Bartending probably no, would be frowned no, upon No, it's like interesting, but yeah. So, um, but anyways, th- yeah, you kind of like pick up on things quicker and you, you, you're you aware of what's going on around you and, and things like that. So I think that is a large part of it. Um, but that doesn't, no one is going to be able to account for everything I'm, I'm I don't know. I am like, I'm five feet tall. I'm not a huge person. I'm not like, oh, yeah. I'm not intimidating anyone when they look at me. They're not going to be like, oh yeah, don't mess with her. They're going to be like, chance. yeah, we can throw her in a trunk. No problem. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's important to be aware. Um, in a I, uh, yeah, I started training jujitsu like back in August. Oh um, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, my brother, um, is, uh, like super awesome at that he has his own gym and he's like a world champion and you know he's the guy you don't want to mess with but um so him and then who's like my other my extra brother um so Danny and Nick they run their gym there and so I train with them um and I would say like I am definitely not at a point where I am winning any fights with anybody but I'm at a point where I feel like I would hopefully make somebody feel like it's just not worth the effort <laughs> to throw me in their trunk. Yeah, maybe, so, maybe not. Or at least make them feel like, well, that was a little bit more frustrating than possible. But I, yeah, I'm, so I think there's things you can do that that help. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I've spoken to a couple of jujitsu, I guess, practicing jujitsu people. And I don't, I, I never thought about it from like a self-defense to stop uh, whatever, like a sexual assault or somebody like trying to grab me or kidnap. Cause I look at jujitsu as like, it's a submission thing. But then after you tap out, couldn't you just, couldn't the person that you just made tap out immediately just come back and grab you? I mean, yeah, with your training, but you're also not like, like when they're tapping, it's cause they're not breathing or their arm's about to break. But if you're in a real life situation, you're not going to like you're not going to let them tap. You're just going to go to that <laughs> next level of like yeah. choking them out I'm not all the saying way. That I'm, yeah. And again, like, I'm not saying I'm in a position for that, but I'm saying like, it is good. And I think honestly, I think what I've learned from it most as far as like self-defense goes, because there's a lot of like self-defense things out there for women, especially. And I would say that the biggest takeaway for me was 
just being able to remain calm when somebody uh, may or may not be like, you're not panicking, you're not freaking out. It's like, okay, like to be able to remain calm in some situation that may or may not go well. And just to be able to think clearly under like physical stress. And so thankfully I've not since August been in a situation where I've had to like worry about that, but like, yeah, no, it's, it's good, but, um, I do enjoy it. It's like something mentally for me. Like I like to play chess too. It's always hard to find people, but, um, that I think it's like a physical game of chess too, where it's like, you're, you're, you're like thinking you don't have to be like the, the strongest or biggest person. But like, if you, if you know more information, like you can apply that. So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of derailing your question a little bit, but no, to, to say, yes, I've been in situations where I have, no, I have not felt like the safest. Um, and I have found in most situations when I have felt like this isn't good, that typically there's other people that you're able to turn to that are going to get you out of those most, if that makes sense. So if I'm, you know, if you're walking down the street and you're lost and it's late at night or something like that, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to pay attention to my surroundings, but it's also knowing that there are people around that are going to care. There are people that, and I, I think there are, I think there's more good out there than bad. I think it just depends on being able to know who those people are and what they look like and where, where that goes. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not fully answering that question. No, but, there's um, not, yeah. it, it, it's Most not like a death, death threatening situation on travel potentially um because that's the best first question to ask somebody when you're getting to know yeah them. absolutely hey, um, I, we, we had a we had a flood in jordan um so do you ever have you ever seen I, I haven't seen it so it's one of the like indiana jones movies i don't know which one that's why i'm saying i haven't seen it but um there is like petra the like treasury that's carved into stone do you know that it's one of the seven wonders Okay. It's like this crazy thing that's like, um, it's a really cool, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it later. But, um, so to get to it, there's like this walk down these slot canyons, which are like rock wall on either side. And it's maybe like a little, maybe the size of like one lane of a road. Okay. And so we're all walking down this and then, you know, it starts to rain for like 30 minutes and you're in the desert and then the sun comes back out and you're like, okay, everything's fine. And they're all like, you know, there's like these Bedouins on camels riding down being like, you have to go like, turn around. Like it's this flood is coming and we're all just kind of like, what are they talking about? Like these people are panicking. We're like, it's fine. It, it's not raining. It's sunny. Wait, and then are, all of a sudden you hear this. What's that? I, I don't mean to cut you off, but the people on the camels <laughs> saying that, are they like native? To Jordan. Yeah, they're local, so they live there. And, so we should be listening like, to them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, no, nah, man. <laughs> I don't know that we're like, we're not like writing them off, but we're just kind of all standing there like, so this is like a tourist spot. So there's uh, us and there's like these cruise ships of like these 70-year-old Italian people who don't speak English or Arabic and they're just like confused. And so there's like, we're kind of like looking at like, what's going on? What are they talking about? Like, it's not really like, oh, we're ignoring you. We're just kind of like, what? And then all of a sudden you hear like, rushing water and you look up and it's like that wall of water like in the movies and you're just like oh this is that's a lot of water and so everybody <laughs> starts running and like clinging to the side of rocks and like climbing and like pulling people up and people are getting like knocked down camels are getting knocked like it's a lot of water dude camels um, were coming off their feet Yes, it's oh like a gosh. wall of water that is coming down, and we are like pulling a couple people out, and like, and then we're sitting there, and they're like, 
then these the, the same um, locals that are there are telling us like it's gonna get worse. Like if you, I'm sorry, I think my ah, you don't sweat it. Is like freaking out. Um, they're they're like if you want to, uh, they're like if you stay here, you will die. And we're like, stop telling this to like like that's the only English they know. And there's like these old people that were like, please don't have a heart attack. This is total mess. How often does this happen? If that's the only English um, that they know, that was the first time in sixty something years that this had happened. <laughs> So naturally it's when I'm there, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so this was like, it was crazy. And, uh, then we're sitting there on like the side of this rock where we're like up on a ledge where the water is not knocking us over. And then, and they're like, oh, we'll be prepared to be here for the whole day. And we're like, awesome. So then like a couple hours later, I'm guessing, cause I have no concept of time at this point. We're all just kind of like frazzled. We're like praying that the water doesn't keep coming because apparently if it like which we found out later that they ended up bulldozing the top, but if they hadn't, it would have come and filled up the area we were in too. Um, okay. So, yeah, so that was entertaining. But we were there, and then we ended up having to walk, like, this crazy, like, I don't know, a few miles where you're walking. Like, you're soaked, you're muddy, and everything, and we're walking, like, we're, like, joking that it's, like, the Trail of Tears, which is insulting to anybody who was on that. But, you're, like, walking, like, these miles and miles, like, all the way out and then it's like you get to the end and it's like camels trucks with like um it literally looked like a border like an illegal border crossing there's just like mess of people like absolutely everywhere and we're all just like scrambling back to cars and we're just like what what just happened but you were getting on the highway then and there's like we're in seven hours of traffic because semis had been washed off the road by this water and like people had been killed and like restaurants had like been taken out on like uh like a little like cliffside like totally swept away and like people were missing we were just like oh like holy crap that was insane yeah we like it was it was nuts so it was definitely like a it was a, a unique situation to live through for sure um but definitely something that like as you're you know, as we're like walking away from all this, it's like, okay, like this just gives some perspective. Like we're walking away from this, but at the end of the day, we know like eventually we're going to get somewhere. We're going to get back to where we're staying and eventually I'm going to go home. But like people in this general, like in these countries, they leave their home, they're chased out of their home. They don't bring anything with them. They leave everything behind and they're running for safety. And it's not water chasing them. It's like people with guns chasing them. And it's not like at the end of this, we'll be home. It's like at the end of this, we don't know. So it's just like, just a crazy perspective to like have that experience and have it there. And just to be like, all right, I'm just really like, just to be reminded of like how grateful we are to like, to live where we live and to just experience that, but also just be like, as a perspective is huge. So easy to just take, it for granted because unless you yeah. go through like a house fire, it's so mm-hmm. rare for people. I, Hurricane Katrina, I, I get like, so there are some, I guess some natural disasters that come to America, but it's not like what you hear about people having to flee homes. Like it, no. it's, it's not very frequent that it would, no. or it would be common where you would run into someone else who has had to flee for safety and no. restart. Yeah, no. And we've had people, you know, and, you know, this, this last year has been crazy for a lot of people. And they're like, I'm like, Americans are like, I'm I'm not saying that, like, I am one, but like, it's like, we have this very, like, disillusioned perspective that like, oh, this is so hard. It's never been this bad. Like, and it's just like, I I struggle with it. I I struggle with being sensitive. I tried to get some, a couple people on the pod. Um, 
I'll, I'll go on Twitter, and Twitter's honestly one of the worst places. Although I had a great Twitter guest the other day, Ravi. Um, but Twitter's the worst place to try to get people to have like a long form conversation. Yeah, because they're purposely writing it in short form. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but this one person uh, tweets something about COVID time being so hard, and I'm like, oh, why was it so difficult for you? And um, it, they say something, so then I message them like, hey, if you'd love, if you want to come on the pod and talk about it, I'd love to hear to understand more about why it was so difficult for you. And they were yeah. like, I will not be reliving the mental anguish and agony that I've gone through. And I'm like. I, I get that's what you felt and it was bad, but to me, COVID hiatus was fucking awesome. Like I got to find <laughs> habits. I didn't lose my job and I understand people did lose their job, but also feel like if you lost your job, there were hella benefits and hella ways to not really be affected by losing your job because everyone's fucking hiring now and can't find anybody. Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, it, is, it does definitely depend on like what your job was. Like I'm self-employed and my job took a tank and the, the benefits for people who are self-employed were not oh, anywhere. That's we, good, were, we were in different worlds. <laughs> so, so that is a factor. And I know people like, it is hard. And I think it's like, yeah. And I, I know you're saying that like, not to like, you're asking this person to come on and like share because it's so important to hear people's perspective. And like for somebody else, that might be the hardest thing for them of what they went through. And for people mentally, like to have those, like their normal, like coping mechanisms and yes. like relationships Just in place. Like, that was, out, it was all taken away. And that, that is really hard, but like, you're right. It doesn't compare to what somebody else's hard is. It like, just seemed like a first world problem, man. And I want to be like, yeah. are you like a liberal arts major? Are you just being dramatic about this? Like it just seemed so extra. Yeah. It was kind of a pain in the ass, but yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was like, so difficult you can't talk about it yeah you know it's hard because it's like for some people like that is the most difficult and it's like part of me wants to say like time to maybe experience some more things in life with certain (laughs) things because it's like I'm not saying it's not difficult I'm not I can never say like oh yeah you felt that that was hard like maybe you did and maybe it was and for you it might have been very difficult but it's so important to have perspective on other people's situations and for us to just sit there and be like this was hard. I, I always like kind of refer to this, like I, I used to um, do more work with like uh, high school kids. And I remember like these two, this one girl sharing the story. Like she's, she's like, she was like in high school at the time. She was like, I don't know, 14 or 15. And she was like, it's kind of like if my, she was like comparing like difficult situations. She's like, if my boyfriend breaks up with me, like that might be the most difficult thing that I'd ever experienced. And she's like, but if like somebody, if, and then she like mentioned one of the other girls and she's like, but if her mom died, that might be the most difficult thing for her. And we both <laughs> experienced the same level of difficulty. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, yeah, right. and it's like, but that is genuinely someone's perspective. It's yes. like, that's the hardest thing that their mind can comprehend. And I was like, listen, like, like she was a, the one girl was a runner. And I was like, listen, I was like, if she goes and runs five miles and you run one, you'll both be the same level of tired, but she will have gone four more miles than you. <laughs> like Dealing It's like, so it, there's, there's things like that where it's like, that's genuine for somebody to feel like this is so hard. I can't relive that. It's impossible. Yeah. And that's very real for them, but yes. it might not be like truth. It might not be like accurate for everyone. Yeah. Like, well, and what's real for me is I feel like a dick for wanting to kind of mock them. And I know it's wrong to just be like, dude, it's it, it, it's not that. And if it was that, you need to share it so that other people can understand how oh, bad COVID was. Because yeah, I feel like there's a bunch of people that are just kind of copping out with the whole, 
COVID ruined my life. No, what ruined your life was you decided to stay inside, eat like shit, not find a way to stimulate yourself and do things that could challenge you to fill that void. You filled that time void with a bunch of terrible things that Mm -hmm. you probably should, they were empty calories, man. I think for people in the US, yeah, sorry, I'm like cutting you off. No, 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 don't, don't be sorry. Cause well, I I rambled number one, but like, (laughs) it's just like, that's it. It's, it's an opportunity. And People saw it as a shutdown where I think other people, if you have that, like that fire, that entrepreneurial spirit, you didn't even have to start a business, but you could have got better at so much stuff, man. Because you you had the time, you had the excuse. Yeah. I think that it just, it ends up showing somebody's true colors in a lot of ways in that way. It shows them who they are and it kind of takes away the like, excuses where it's like oh well I'm either doing this because I choose to do this and I want to do this and it's important to me or I'm willing to just be like I can't because it's hard and yeah and the people who are like no who I am is somebody who is going to do better who is going to grow who is going to use this time I don't want to waste my life somebody like that is going to take advantage of that time and somebody who's like going to be more down on themselves or feel like I I don't know I just need to wait and hope that it changes and just like and, and, and quicker to give up, like they're going to, they're going to feel that, that, that space is going to grow so much between those two people right now. Cause it's just going to be so obvious Yeah, I, where one goes and where one stays. But so yeah. I, I saw it in um, school with kids and it frightens me as a teacher because so many kids got passed along. Cause you just don't know what to do with them, man. Like they, they yeah. you can't force them to be in school. They're only in school. Sometimes you can't force them to complete assignments. You don't want to fail a kid for two years, but basically kids, <laughs> kids got two years of school where they really didn't have to do shit and they could get passed along. And the kids yeah. that did things and showed up and engaged, like imagine having a two year head start on those right. whose environment didn't support them or mandate that they engage yeah. in school. Right. And, and it's, to, it's, it's know, frustrating too. And I'm sure for you as a teacher, you saw a ton of this where it's like, there's kids who you're literally not putting eyes on for like over a year. And you're like, what are they doing at home? Like, how are they doing at home? Yeah. These kids who don't have like a support system, don't have backup, don't have mm-hmm. anyone who's like making sure they're okay. So it's like, yeah. And that you guys are like stuck where it's like, well, we can't expect anything from them because we don't know what they're dealing with at home. Yeah. But also like if we stop expecting something from them completely, we have these kids who are just like, I know like for my girls, a couple of them were like, it feels so discouraging because it doesn't matter if we do the work or we don't. Yes. We're like, we're doing it, but they're like, it's really kind of unmotivating. It is because like, there's no reward. And it, 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 the reward is it got so bad where teachers were like, holy shit, you did something. The base right. is like a 90. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like it was like, oh my God, you did all your work. I don't even have to look at it. You're starting with a 95. And, right. Yeah. And like the kids, the expectations are so low that it's like every everyone who just shows up is meeting them. No doubt, man. And it was yeah. just a terrible place to be. Um, the the worst part for me was I think it, I started off like real strong. At, I was I had to Zoom teach a couple classes, so like five, six kids and me on a Zoom, and I'm trying to like be structured. Turn your camera <laughs> on. We're gonna do this, right? We're gonna have sessions, put you in a waiting room, like routine, establish criteria and standards. Three days in one kid like has their camera off and I'm like, Hey blank, turn, turn your camera on. Crickets. They're not responding. Yeah. 
And I'm like, remember, our class norm is we see each other. It's how we engage. You try crickets. Crickets. And you're like, remember also, part of this is your grade with showing up, being prepared, being prepared to time your camera. Crickets. Crickets. The next class, like I got one kid with a camera on. So then, dude. Because they all realized that kid didn't fail out. There was no consequence. So you can say whatever you want and it didn't matter. And I have zero authority over you. So it gets even better. So (laughs) then the next week, no camera kid. Five minutes into class, just ghosts. Gone. And you know, on a Zoom, if there's multiple people, you can see who's there on the squares. And I'm sure that's what kids do. They just focus on each other, right? Yeah. So one of the kids goes, wait, where is such a, where is John? I'm like, you know, I'm not really sure if he had an emergency. So the next day, John comes in for five minutes, gone. The same kid. Wait, so John just gets to leave whenever he wants? No, John doesn't get to leave whenever he wants, just like you can't leave whenever you want. We're in a class and and the dude just bounced. <laughs> My mid-sense, the dude just bounced. And we're yeah. talking about like 12, 13-year-olds because they're at yeah, home, they their are. parents That's aren't there. Beings, man. Dude, and it was, they, they were gone. And five, six weeks in, man, and I'm calling home, I'm emailing the parents, you know, yeah. like I'm telling the parents, hey, your, your child is not coming to Zoom. What can I do to help them to stay on? And the parents are apologetic. Right. I'm not there, blah, blah, blah. Dude, six They're weeks like, in. Sorry, I'm still trying to figure out my own job right no now. Doubt. Yeah. I was down to one kid. I had one kid that stayed on the Zoom that basically turned on to a one-on-one tutoring session, man. The other kids mm-hmm. figured out that quick. Deuces. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't have to be here. And, and, and it's like, it's such a, like, it's a good and bad, like, it's terrible, but like, it's a, it, it's like there's so much within a kid's control now where it's like there used to be this thing. Like I'm going to assume we're in generally the same age bracket that like when we were younger, you respected adults, you listened to the authority. This is kind of how it was like expected that you handled things. You didn't talk back to them. And like that bred certain things that were good, but it also bred a lot of things that were really unhealthy and really, you know, dangerous environments for, for kids in certain situations because they, they didn't feel like they could speak up for themselves or they did things because they felt like they had to in certain situations. So there's good and bad to both of those. But I, so it's like, it's cool to see that kids feel like their voice matters and they can do something and they can step in. But there's also this like complete lack of respect for like a teacher or, or just learning, just knowledge in general of like, Hey dude, you can't write a well, a well-formed paragraph. (laughs) <laughs> Let me right. help you. You don't actually know everything in middle school, and we're here to try to teach you that, so you can then go on and tell somebody. Yeah. Can you balance a chemical equation? I didn't think so. Get on the Zoom. Like, wish you could say to your students, I'm sure. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, I, yeah, it's it's got to be so frustrating for that because it's like, oh, these kids are like, well, peace out, and there's nothing you can do about it, I, and there's not. No, there's not. But that's what you admire about the kid. It's like. Uh, kudos to you for figuring that out and kind of gaming the system. Like it's not going to help you in the long run. No, it's not going to help you in the long run, but you figured out the like social, you figured out the social cue and how to handle that part of life and to compartmentalize what you felt was worthwhile and what wasn't. Unfortunately, you're a little stupid and didn't prioritize the right thing because you need an education, but good job for figuring that out. No doubt, no doubt. Way to manipulate your environment because that's what we all do as we yep. get older, <laughs> figuring out, can I just come yeah. in a little later? Yep. What will yeah. my boss tolerate? For sure. Dude, I, I haven't actually spoken to, and I didn't know this, and I'm a terrible host because 36 minutes in. Um, no, you're good. Being like a health coach, I didn't realize that was like, it, 
that's your main employment? You're actually self-employed as a health coach or was there another form of um, self-employed? Yeah, so I do life, uh, so uh, two little things here. So I do life coaching for women. So that can be health, that can be business, that can be just like, um, like goals and identity of where they want to go with that. Um, but I also am a athletic therapist as well. So I do, um, like massage and rehab cupping, um, strength and conditioning training, like that end of things more. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, was my main job, um, for the past eight years. Oh, wow. And then, um, COVID kind of did a really good job of destroying that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, you can't really socially distance when like, you're on one and one in like contact with somebody. Yeah. You're digging so, into someone's sciatica no, to help them get some, <laughs> some flexibility. So people basically just like, yeah. I, and then again, I work with a lot of athletes who are either like not competing because like sports weren't happening or competitions weren't happening or whatever it was races and things like that. So it's like people needed less. So yeah, yeah, that really kind of went down. So, I mean, yeah, even talking as far as like where, what COVID did for people in that sense, like, I write a lot and I started sharing a lot more of my writing throughout this past year. And I had like uh, over like a hundred people reach out to me and be like, Hey, do you, do you do this? Or like, can I hire you for this? And it was like, all right. I just kept seeing like doors opening in a direction. And it was like, this is something like, I love talking to people and I love being able to work with people. And I've experienced a lot of things in my life. And so I think it's, yeah, as you were saying before, like what's the point in experiencing something if you're not going to share it with somebody else so they can be helped by that or grow from that. And so it's just been something that has kind of turned into, um, yeah, I guess it is a business, but it's also like more of like a, like a goal or a passion to like work with people and to help them achieve where they want to be in life. Um, and that, yeah, so that comes in the form of more coaching. So whether it's health, whether it's, you know, your personal life and where you're at, whether it's relationships, whether it's business or yeah, whatever. So I do yeah, like so a, I offer coaching programs in that. Yeah. Life coaching. And I don't mean this insulting in any way. Cause you're I'm kind of curious life coaching. Like, why is it not just called counseling? Cause it's not like so, an yeah. actual degree to be a counselor yeah. or. Right. <laughs> so counseling would be counseling therapy, uh, like a psychiatrist, like something that's specifically dealing with someone's like mental health in that area it's going to be discussing something more of what happened, how they're processing, whether it's like their past or something they've experienced or a trauma or just um, maybe, maybe just where their head is at for, for some space like that. Whereas coaching is more, if you think of it, like uh, I don't know if you did any sports in high school. I, I coach basketball in middle school. Yeah. So I'm pretty familiar, so but so I didn't, coaching- I didn't know sports in high school. I had to work. Okay. Oh, so all right. We're gonna have to learn on that then. How you became a basketball coach without playing basketball? <laughs> I know um, it's awesome. Yeah. I actually try to use it to my advantage. Oh, I, I don't want to sidetrack you. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Yeah. So I, I like as a coach, you're 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 formulating a plan with them of what they can do to achieve a goal that they have. The action, action to move yeah. forward versus processing yep. what happened. And and it's not right. And it's not necessarily like I'm not there to tell somebody how to do that. I'm not there to tell somebody how to live their life. I'm there to help you have a space to sit down and like put your thoughts down and be like, all right, how, let's organize this together. Like I'm here to be a resource, a sounding board, uh, like a, a friend, a guide in that to help you feel like you can come into a space where you have the confidence to, to answer the questions you already know the answer to. Yeah. I, nobody needs me to tell them what they should be doing or how they should be answering. Like somebody doesn't call me like, I think I should break up with this guy. What do you think? 
Yeah. Well, what do you think? You're already there. Like, like you led with what, it. Yeah. If like you, what are the pros and cons? You, should. you tell me. You tell me how you feel when you're with this person. You tell me if who you want to be becomes more possible or less possible when you're in a relationship with this person. Do they bring out who you want to see in yourself, or do they stifle that? Like it's asking questions that allow them to answer and think on their own in a way that they're like, yes, that's where I want to be. Nobody needs to be told what to do. We have enough people that will tell us what to do everywhere in this world. And people are happy to do that. So it's not something that I have any interest in doing of telling somebody how to live their life. Um, it's more just, um, yeah, coaching, coaching along, coming alongside and helping to push forward in where they want to be and what their goal is. I think we, no, yeah, no, 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 it, it does. I've just always been curious because I've spoken to a couple of people who, you know, life coaches or if they're super younger, it's more like they're influencers, but they say they're life coaches. And it's, it's like, I, I guess you're a life coach, but really you're like peddling how to party and pick up <laughs> guys kind of a thing versus okay. more like functioning in, in like I yeah. don't know, life, like setting up a retirement plan or like how to better your job employment. But I've always kind of wondered, like, is life coaching people who want to pass on their experiences need a label but don't have, like, that college certification of I have a bachelor's in counseling so I can't counsel you? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I yeah, was I thinking mean, about that's it. That's a fair question. Like, it's like, hey, did you choose to do this route because you just couldn't – didn't have what it takes to pass the schooling? <laughs> no. Like, almost like no, a no, gym teacher, right? I think that's the <laughs> – so here's another thing that I'm a big proponent of is, like, don't be afraid of the question. And so that's the real question. It's like, so what's up with that? And I love the question because I think it's real and I think it needs to be asked. Um, no, um, I would say that <laughs> there is always, there are always people who get into something, even like when I went to school for like, um, for massage therapy, like there's people in that, that, um, that were literally in school. Cause they were like, well, I, I felt like this would be easier and I could make better money doing this. And those people ultimately are the ones who didn't end up graduating and are working. You know, I've run into people I went to school with. They're working at a fast food restaurant, which is nothing wrong with that. But that's it depends on what you want to get and where you want to be. Yeah. So I think I would say if I were to answer that question for me, because I can't speak for anybody else. But if I'm going to answer that question for me, I believe that finishing anything that I choose to do and set my mind to is going to be very possible. But I also feel like there is something that for me can get in the way in a title. And so if I can hold, if I hold a, you know, if I hold my master's or my doctorate in something, um, that makes me in some ways a little unapproachable to some people. It makes me in some ways a little maybe, I let that get to my head. Maybe I feel like this is who I am or this is what I do. And, and, and my goal is to be able to be who I am in the life that I've lived and sit down and connect with somebody, not to, not to really create a barrier in any way. And, and those two are very different. I really do see them as different. Um, you don't have any qualifications, as you said, to be a basketball coach necessarily. You didn't play, but I'm sure you care a lot about these kids and you want to see them succeed. And ultimately I think it's what's in your heart and your desire and your goal and your motivation for doing that thing that is going to be more effective and beneficial to the people that you're coaching and the people that you're with more than any 
piece of paper that labels anything. And again, I'm not somebody who wants to sit. I don't want to sit down and help somebody process their past or their trauma. I'm happy to talk with somebody through that, but that's not where I see myself stepping into that space with somebody. And so I think there are people who have gone through a lot of schooling that are great for that. And they've, and they do amazing work. Um, But that's just, yeah, that wasn't the direction that I wanted to go with that. And so it's also something that I feel like isn't, um, yeah, it's not like a, a major, I don't need, I don't need a major like label on something. It's just like, this is what I want to do. And this is where I'm at. And I'd like to, yeah, just continue down that path for wherever life continues to take it. So I don't know. <laughs> no, cause it, in my head, it, I, I think of successful people, the, the stories that I hear of them, um, what, Michael Dell drops out of college, invents Dell computers. And you're like, yeah. he's a failure because he didn't get a bachelor's? No, he right. had the experience. He spent his time focused not on the schooling and the theory, but mm-hmm. the actual action and practice of, and was then able to implement. And now and, he can pass that knowledge on. Yeah, and ultimately, like, my qualifications or my resume with that is going to be the people that like, yeah, if I sit down with somebody and they feel like it's a waste of time, I don't want to waste their time. But if they're feeling a benefit out of that, out of that time, if that's, if, if I sit down with somebody and they get to the goal that they wanted to achieve, well, then that's success. Yeah. So then that's working. So yeah, like and, you're saying, yeah, and yeah. your experiences in different errors, countries, time situations probably can give you more perspective than maybe listening to a lecture, writing an essay. You know, like, I mean, it's, it's not, um, and that's why I initially said, like, I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm just genuinely curious because I don't know if one is actually more valuable than the other. I think they serve serve different purposes for different needs. A hammer is just as valuable as uh, a screwdriver, but they're not going to do, they're not going to do the other's job. So it just depends on what it is. And, um, I mean that in no disrespect or no nothing against those that have put years and a ton of work and effort into where they are and what they've earned for what they've chosen as their career. But this is just, it's for me where I'm at with that. But yeah, I think it's, it's good to be able to ask those questions. I think it's awesome. And I don't think anybody should ever feel afraid to answer them in any way. It's not, nothing is a personal attack. And if you take it that way, then maybe you should find a different source (laughs) it's nice it's nice to not feel and it's um taking things personally i we um i I see it a lot with teachers a little bit in my role and i have like really bad interpersonal skills at work i feel like i'm a decent person but at work something happens where i just like get so focused on work and the objective Uh that like i'll walk in and i'm not like I i don't give a fuck about your weekend I'm like, all right, what's up? Like, what, what's the agenda? Hey, hey, so page 38, what are we doing with blank? And it's like, hello, how are yeah. you? I'm yeah, doing yeah. well today, Sean. And you, like, you've spent a little too much time with the middle schoolers <laughs> that are like to the point and they're like, this is what I do. And you're like, people. Dude, and it's, and it's terrible, right? But yeah, no, to, to go to that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of like different areas of life that like, you know, people say like, oh, you're, you're younger or whatever. It's like, well, how are you qualified? And it's like, yeah, I've been through enough situations in life that it's like, yep, I feel like I can speak to those. Don't speak on things you don't know, but I can speak to the things that I right. have been through. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice when people don't 
take it personally and they're not like offended by inquiries. You know, yeah. it, it, it's not like a challenge. It's more like a wonder. And if you answer it and you're open about it, you're actually going to draw more people to mm -hmm. it because you're not putting up walls. You're not being defensive. You're not trying to deflect. You're bringing yeah. them in. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's like if you're, I mean, people get defensive when they feel like their identity is wrapped up in something that is that question. Like if yeah. it's, if somebody, if they feel like, you know, their life is their career or their life is their you know, their marriage or their relationship or their kids. And it's like, and somebody goes in and questions that, then yeah. it's like, they have to get defensive because you're attacking them as a person. Whereas if it's like, I'm okay with who I am, then you can ask me anything because you can't attack who I am as a person. Cause that's not up to you. It's not up to something that you can see or impact one, one way or the other. But yeah. Um, yeah. As a stupid ass side note. So the whole never played basketball, coach basketball. Yeah. It, it's part of the, the asshole in me where I'm co coaching really is teaching. And John Wooden said that like, and it, it, you don't have to be, you don't have to have played to understand how to empower people, execute drills, know the value of repetition and feedback. So part of what I love is the fact that I go against other coaches who still think they're players and, <laughs> and beat them with less athletic players just because we're more organized and we've yeah. practiced situations yeah. and, and being kind of like not obnoxious, but a little arrogant and being like, yeah, man, never played, n never played. Can't believe I beat you since I know nothing about basketball. I've never been on the court myself. And like, I don't know why I get such a kick out of that. But I'm, it's probably because I have like Napoleon syndrome at some point. But like it's it's why I do it. Oh, see, I'm talking too much. You're freezing on purpose on me just because I'm talking too much. Jokes. Like it randomly decides it doesn't want to stay connected for whatever reason, and apparently that was the moment. But yeah, no, I, I like sorry. I heard most of that as far as like yeah, there's that winning side of you where you want to just be like. I beat you and you shouldn't, you shouldn't have let me win. Yes, so exactly. what does that say about me? What does that say about you? <laughs> yes. What does that say about me? That that's why I enjoy that because it's, yeah. it, it shouldn't No, there, there's something about like, it's like, it's very validating to be like, yeah, I know something because I don't have the like, I don't know. It's like if you take two cars and one of them's clearly faster and the other one wins and it must be the driver. It's not the machine. Yeah, man. So, right. I guess that's yeah. it. So it's really an ego thing for me. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's fully intact. We all have that. There's nothing. Yeah. I I I want to ask a little bit going back to the life coaching thing, because th the connection between all the traveling and the pictures yeah. are amazing, man. Like I, I don't know how you figure out like if you have a whole crew. It looks like fucking no. you work for like National Geographic. <laughs> no, the, thank you. The way these pictures um, are, they're they're amazing. And Thank I'm just, you. the curiosity, my curiosity is the impact of traveling with then being able to life coach, inspire, help women reclaim themselves kind of a thing. Yeah, I actually, um, I mean, if you want to break that down, like just in, in numbers, in sheer numbers of like how many people I've gotten to talk to, how many cultures I've been able to be around and what I've been able to learn from that, uh, that there is just perspective like out the wazoo in that, that I have had. And again, like I travel alone often as well. And there is 
so much opportunity to just sit down, like, you know, as you're saying, like to be that annoying guy at a bar who sits down and has a conversation, like I can be the annoying girl sitting on a beach, having a conversation with the person next to me or in a restaurant or wherever, because people aren't usually afraid to have a conversation with one person. They don't feel threatened. They don't feel, um, whatever. And I mean, there's people that I've just casually passed and like made a little bit of conversation with. And I've had people later come up to me and like, you know, like on that trip, like I, there was, somebody was talking to, um, you know, ordering, uh, like lunch somewhere and then like ran into them later at, uh, like on the beach and they came over and like started talking and like four hours later, I've got this entire story of this guy's life that was just like mind blowing. And we've, we've shared our life stories with each other. And it's just, I've learned so much about what he's been through and who he is. And, and it's, that's, that's an education that you can't get anywhere else. Um, just spending time with people. And so I think that has been something that has really molded the way that I think the way that I'm able to hear somebody and, um, and just really desire to listen to their perspective on life and just to learn from that. Um, there's an openness too. the more, you know, when you're in a different culture, there's a, there's a, there's this should be this understanding that you're, you're in someone else's world. It's not their job to adhere to yours. It's your job to try to understand and um, relate to, to where they're at. And that it's not like, you know, people, people in the U S who go somewhere like, why don't they speak English? Cause you're not in their country. Yeah, you're not no in doubt. your own country. You're in their country. So make an, like an effort, make something. And so I think that does like, even just that, that willingness to like make the effort to try, it really goes along a long way with people to just feel like, that they matter or that you're not just like, I'm better than you because yeah, you, you have to humble that. yourself, man. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta, yeah. you know, and it, it, it's good to be humbled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I talk to a lot of people. Somebody, yeah, I mean, so the pictures, I, uh, people are like, do you have somebody taking them? And, um, most of 99% of the pictures that I'm in are some random person that walked by and I'm like, Hey, can I borrow you for a second? Can you stand right here and push this button? <laughs> <laughs> I've got it all mapped out. I need you to do Literally, one, job. You've got one job. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's who my photographer is the world. It's the people that I have met and um, the people who I then end up having a conversation with as a result of that. And that's been really cool too. Um, it's a great excuse. Yeah. I mean, like that, that's a, yeah. honestly like a great way. I, I never got to travel to use it, but the whole like pickup line of, <laughs> can you please take my picture kind of a thing? And I'm not saying you're trying to pick up people, no, but it really not. is like a barrier breakdown. Like it's, it's a yeah. conversation starter. Cause then if the people yeah. want to stay, it's, it's almost like I can take your picture next kind of a thing. And right. now you have this reciprocal payback. Yeah. That allows yeah. for conversation. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's a fun little way to get to know people. And it's also yeah, allows me to have a lot of, uh, a lot of pictures where I can be like, look, I was actually there because <laughs> yeah, right? I'm in the picture. Like fuck the selfie so, stick. We need to get back to knowing people by asking for favors. The selfie right? stick was go. the worst yeah. thing. It yeah. crushes I'm like, society. I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't think I could be the type that sets up a tripod for myself. I think I'll probably like, I don't know. I think that would hurt my soul in a little bit. Right. So, <laughs> So was it like the, the traveling and I, I don't know if this is a stupid question. Feel free to tell no, me it no is. No, stupid question. You're good. No, there are a lot of stupid questions. <laughs> this might be one of them. Um, like, is it, Hey, I'm kind of into this life coaching and empowering. So I'm going to travel or 
hey, I've always loved traveling and I've, it's just led me to this position of being life coaching. Yeah, option two. Um, so, yeah, I would say I've always liked to travel. I've always loved people and talking to them and just getting to experience a new culture and a new place and seeing something new. I am like, I love sunset. That's like my favorite time of day. And so no matter where I go, I will at least spend one night uh, watching it. And watching sunset for me is like a probably like a three to four hour process because it's from like the point that it starts dipping down to when it's like, almost completely gone and the sky turns that like purpley pink pastel color oh, if there's man. clouds and so yeah I just I just camp out for at least one night and just um just absorb that but that like that means a lot to me as far as just there's a lot of things in the world depending on where you come from that are not available to everybody that are not um they're not possible and that is something that is that no matter where I am in the world that that happens every single day it's available to anyone who can see it. It costs nothing and it's absolutely stunningly beautiful. And it's beautiful whether I'm in my backyard or whether I'm in Greece or wherever else. Like it is just absolutely stunning and it's gorgeous and it's huge. And it happens no matter what I do, no matter what day I had or I didn't have, no matter what anyone on this earth does, it's not going to control that and it's not going to change that. And so there is something truly like humbling and grounding for me and being able to like witness that everywhere in the world that I've been and even at home of just be able to spend time with that and just be reminded that like the world is absolutely beautiful and the world is absolutely beautiful in a lot of places and that's something that we can all appreciate no matter our background or what we've been through or where we're going um so yeah I think that is one one aspect of it for me is just being able to to just see the world and to, to learn new things and to do things. And I love learning new things. I'm not good at sitting still, like physically. I hate sitting at a desk. I, I worked a desk job for like, I don't know. I think I made it nine months and <laughs> I was doing like accounting bookkeeping for a business and I was never more miserable. I was like 10 hours a day. I was making great money. And I was like, you cannot pay me to sit here. I was literally like, if I die, tomorrow I will have wasted my entire day. And that was how I felt. Cause I literally was like me, a stack of papers and a computer for like 10 hours a day. I was like, I can't do this. And so, um, yeah, I think just like keeping that in mind of like, I want to know that at any point, if my life ends that I'm happy with how I'm spending it and that I'm not like regretting or waiting for, or putting something off that it's like, and why not? And yeah, I mean, going to that too, like I have, I have four girls, I want them to feel like they can do anything or go anywhere or whatever. And, and they're going to learn that best by the way I actually live, not by what I tell them. And so if I'm not demonstrating to them that, you know, life as a mom looks like still having your own, then <laughs> they're not going to feel like that's what it means for them. And I think that's really, really important. Uh, especially, you know, if I'm going to tell them, I want them to grow up, I want them to, you know, do whatever it is they want to do and pursue their dreams and continue to learn and not be afraid of things. Um, then I need to show them that and actually live that out. Yeah. Cause if you were just miserable in the minivan complaining <laughs> about taking them to all the soccer practices or whatever, they'd be like, why yeah. the hell would anyone have more than one child? Like this right. is just stupid. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think point. that honestly, that breeds a lot of women, which are a lot of the women that I talk to that they feel that's how they feel. They're like, why did I do this? Yeah. I'm miserable. Who am I? I don't have anything that's my own. These kids are going to grow up and then what do I have? Yeah. Cause it, 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 
it, it does seem like a battle and I, I don't know if it's a battle for every parent. Um, and it's funny, man. I wanted to, um, get into sunsets, but I also now want to talk about parenting. Um, like we'll go back. <laughs> the, the balance, man, the balance of feeling like you're selfish for wanting to have a life versus, I mean, your kids hopefully with you, what, 18 years, right? right. Like you, you don't want them to be with you for 40 years. As much as right. you love them as a four-year-old, you would hate yeah. them as a 40-year-old in that same role. Yes, and you, you do have to let them go. And it, 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 it's, it's painful for me, but like, I'm to the point my daughter's going to middle school. Like, I'm like, sorry, man, you're at the age now where like things are getting real and your choices yeah. have consequences. And you're a little more, it's a little more meritocratic. It's not, yeah. you should have fun being competitive and trying to be good. You can't just have fun and blow things off is my mentality right. for her. <laughs> and like, that's, that seems like that would be if you actually care, if you actually care about your kids, like that's a hard balance to find. What's mm -hmm. my freedom? How often do I go out and maintain my life? Now mm -hmm. I'm neglecting my kids. Oh, I can't neglect yeah. my kids. Right. And I think it is, it's a hard balance and it doesn't, it's not one that is made any easier. Like, I think that needs to be a personal choice for each family because each kid's parent is different. Each parent is different. Each person is different. So there's not this blanket, like, eight hour rule. rule right no, like, it's, it's like hey from three to six you're definitely right. a parent but so once 11 that's your time or these are the hobbies you're allowed to have but this one's not okay i always joke that i'm like if i had like a thousand dollar a month knitting hobby for four hours a day nobody would think it was weird right but the yeah. fact that i travel uh, that's it's different what if i spent people golf men golf all the time no one thinks they're bad fathers for Gender it bias women golf too no, I'm just kidding. Well, it's I, only okay, fair enough. But I don't. <laughs> me and a, I'm like sports wise, it's it's like me and a ball, or just me. We're okay. But when you add that third element of like a bat, a club, uh, it's not going to go well. Gotcha. <laughs> Sorry, I, but, I, I don't want to. I, I get your point though. I was just being a dumbass. Yeah. No, 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 not at all. But yeah, I think it's thing. like it is. It's a. It's important to know that it's like where where you want to go with that, and like where what works for you, what works for your family, for your kid, for you. And like, yeah, absolutely. As a parent, there's things you sacrifice and there's parts of you that you are going to maybe put on hold or things you like that you're going to put on hold, but you can't put you on hold. You can't stop being yourself in the same way that people in relationships say like, Oh, we stopped loving each other. What if you didn't stop loving each other? What if you still love the person you met when you met and they stopped being mm, them? Right. What if they stopped? Like, what if you fell in love with somebody who, like taught you new things and had this like sense of, uh, of desire for like exploring, you know, whatever. And like, was always like excited about something and they lost that. Yeah. Well, it's going to be hard to fall in love with somebody who isn't the person that, that drew you to them in the first place and same and vice versa for both of you. It's like, yeah. well, if you don't maintain who you are, then what do you have? Like who are, then who are you? You can't be, you can't be, you can't define yourself as a title that is temporary. I can't define myself as something that at some point, 18 years into the, their life that it changes. Then what do I only exist for 18 years? Yeah. Cause what if happens? your title is now, you're just a mom. Right. Like what happens when your kid doesn't need you to be a mom and the fucking right. crisis that you go through or parent father, whatever, you know, like, yeah, okay, yeah but they do. And people do go through that and they do go through crisis. And then, and then it comes out in this, well, you can't leave or they, they, they have this guilt on this child then because the kid yeah, can't man. move out or the kid can't grow up or they don't want them to go away or they don't love them or 
why don't they understand? Don't they understand everything that you, that I did for you? Don't you understand the sacrifices I made for you? And it's like, well, were you in it because you wanted to give them a life or were you in it because you were seeking an identity for yourself? And that seemed like the next step. And it's, no, I'm sorry. And with the zoom, it just makes it so hard with um, body language and, and pauses and whatnot. But I've, I've definitely had some people in my life that I feel like they'll have multiple kids. And I don't know if it's too harsh to say because they're lonely or because they don't ever want to be alone. But I think that's very true. They'll have kids because they're like, now I got people around me to get me through for whatever, fucking 25, 30 right. years. Somebody will love me. And that's yeah. ultimately what it comes down to. It's like, okay, so. That's a lot of pressure you, on that kid, man. God. A lot of, and they feel that whether that's you say that or not. So it's more comes down to like, okay, so who are you? Are you worth it? Do you love yourself? Is there, is there some identity or self-worth that you have? Do you serve a purpose on this earth? Why were you put here? Who put you here? And if you can answer those questions, um, you know, whether that's spiritually, whether that's for yourself, whatever that looks like for you, if you can answer those questions and it doesn't involve your partner, your spouse, your kid, your job, chances are you're going to be a much more stable human being that's able to uh, give back to the people in your life in a much more real less guilted way because you're not looking to them to define or validate you. And that, uh, that's a good one. That's a heavy weight for somebody else to carry. Yeah, no doubt. If could you imagine your child? It, it's hard enough if you have like a spouse and your spouse feels the need to validate you. Cause like, that's yeah. just what you need as a person. It's like, make sure, you know, I'm loved, make sure, you know, I'm appreciated <laughs> for all I do. Like that shit will wear out a relationship. Now Very put quickly. that put that on a kid who's not grown yeah. and dealing with their own things, and it's yeah. like the child always has to validate what you're doing. Like, wow, man, that's yeah, that can be a lot. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. I really do wonder how many people um, struggle with that guilt and that balance of being okay to be selfish or making your like being okay with your kid being bored almost. I feel like in our society, there's such guilt for parents who love their kids, don't want them to suffer. Kids need to suffer, but you don't ever want them to suffer. Kids need to be resilient. You don't ever want them to be hurt. Kid, right? Like kids need to have an immune system. Don't ever want them to be sick. (laughs) And you like always try to have them avoid all this stuff. And then you try to figure out like, well, then why can't my kid function? it's like, well, you never let them... You never figure, let them. You did it for them. Figure shit out, man. Yeah, I hear people who are like, oh, my kid's in college and they don't know how to do their own laundry. I'm like, it's a button. No doubt. They don't, you haven't taught them. You haven't let them or given them an opportunity yeah. to do that. Go let them shrink That's some fucking shirts. That's a minor thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's interesting. I wonder, it's so philosophical, but I wonder like what has happened with society. Is it like social media? Is it TV shows where there's this weird standard? that isn't within us, but we feel like people would feel they have to meet to be blank, perfect parent, like fresh baked, like back in the day, it would have been gender stereotype dinners at the table at five. There's always Mm. an apple pie or fresh baked cookies coming out of the oven, (laughs) you know, lunch bags are waiting for you with a little love you note and all that shit. And you're like, why do you feel that that is the standard, man? And then why do you feel bad that you're not meeting it that's got to suck yeah it's something I talk about a lot whether it's on social media or on my blog of just like how 
that pressure is very real and where it comes from. And I believe it really comes from other people. And it's this, like, it's the same thing of like, you know, if somebody says to me, like, how do you, how do you travel so much? Well, they're not really asking how I travel so much. What they're asking is, um, you know, why are you doing that? I'm not, I'm not doing that. So how can you do that? So there must be something wrong. So it's like a, it's like a judgment thing. So it's like, if I can make you feel like you're doing something wrong, then I can feel like I'm okay not being able to do that thing. Right. So it's, so think, it's not like, how do you travel? So it's like, how do you leave your kids for three yes. days? I could never do that. And yep. then it's and like, I, I do that all the time. And then and people, <laughs> yeah. Or people say like, if I travel without my husband, they're like, is your marriage okay? And I'm like, last I checked, we're fine. Like, like, yes, it's fine. It, you don't actually need to be attached to the hip every day with somebody to be in a healthy relationship with them. I think it's healthier to a degree to be able to be your own people and, uh, and want to be with that person, not be with them because you feel stuck or that like you have to, or you right. don't have another option. Um, yeah, I think that's really, I think it's really important to, to be your own person and still in that. And so I think oftentimes people say that because it came from somewhere. So, you know, they're the generation that their parents grew up in and their parents grew up and it was like, this is just how we do things. This is just what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, and you're not fitting the mold. Why aren't you fitting the mold? And when someone stands out, that like makes people uncomfortable because they instantly are like, um, why are they doing that? And then the question is, the first thing is, let's look at that person and say, why are they doing that? Do I like it? Do I not like it? And then the second thing is, okay, so if I like it, why am I not doing that? Well, they must be wrong because I'm with everybody else. So let me justify, let me judge, and let me feel better about where I am. Heard. And if I can do that, then I'm okay. If I look at it and I feel like they're wrong, then they can just stay over there wrong because I'm right and I'm with everybody else. And I think ultimately it comes from people being afraid of stepping out of a comfort zone, afraid of being different, and afraid of looking like not what everybody else is doing. And so most people are not going to step into that. Most people are, are going to hold themselves back from something they want to do. It's why somebody who maybe has this incredible idea to start a business is going to go, I don't, well, I should stay here because this is the safe thing. This is the sure thing. Or you, if you start a podcast, you're like, well, what are people going to think? Somebody's going to sit there and listen to me. What if somebody makes fun of me? What if somebody does this? What if somebody thinks it's silly? Okay. So what, what if you enjoy it? What if it goes really well? What if you learn a lot? What if you like, know, right? and we can ask these, what if questions in so many directions, but I think most people ask them in a direction that allows way. them to stay. It allows them to stay in comfort. It doesn't yeah. require any action that is different for them. And I think that's where that judgment comes from, like whether it's parenting or whatever. I'm gonna sneeze. Sorry. No, it's fine, man. Don't sweat it. <laughs> it's not gonna be quiet either. <laughs> Excuse me. It's fine, dude. It's fine. Um, yeah. um. So you do catch some shit for this traveling, huh? Like oh, at all the playgrounds. Time. Oh yeah, or people at, like, are great. They meetings? love to say. They love to say anything and everything to me. I could write a book on just people's opinions of my life, which is amazing because I, I'm not, I don't like live life with these, these people. They're not like, these aren't like my friends. They're not like, you know, family. These aren't people that are like close to me that have like a right to speak into that. There's like random people. You're just like, all right, thanks. Like <laughs> so, social media messages or just like friends of your kid or parents of your. Yeah. Some of that, a little bit of both. I'd say a little bit of both. Yeah. Anytime you put yourself in a space to be seen, you put yourself in a space to be judged. Right. Um, and people either feel, I think there's a, there's a, there's this 
a time frame between when someone feels like you're so detached from where they are that they're allowed to say anything and it doesn't matter because you're not a real person or that you are, they're so right that they need to be the one to tell you that. And it's Hmm. like, okay. But either way, I'm like, that's fine. Thank you. (laughs) It's yeah. You're always going to hear things. And I think it's at the end of the day, like I feel like my life is where it's supposed to be. And I am not the people that matter in my world are happy and healthy and we have good relationships. And so I think I'm okay in that. I think I'm going to confidently continue in that space. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So something I started doing this year when I uh, was speaking with people and I'm, I'm, it, it comes from me being in a somewhat of a leadership role where I got to get shit done at work is the, I'll sit down and it's part of me trying to be personable, even though I'm, I suck at it at work is I'm like, all right, let's play the, what happens if game and let, let's play it out. So like, I, I love it because I, it, it, it helps people. I think it helps people to realize how irrational their fear of certain things are. Yeah. So like, well, what happens if this person says you're a terrible mom? Nothing. Yeah. And right. And like, then like right there, you like it sometimes doesn't even take three layers, right? Like every once in a while you got to ask the, okay, so now he's upset. What happens if he's upset? Right. Um, does it change an an email? Okay. Now what happens after he sends that email? I have to reply. Okay. So let's keep playing this silly game. What happens if you reply? And they're like, I guess it's over. Oh, cool. So basically what we're talking about is you're not going to do something because you're scared to reply to an email. Right. Yeah, I guess I should just do it then. And you're like, fuck yeah, you should do it. Like, why why are we sitting here wasting these five minutes? And I really like trying to play out those consequences because I feel so many people get paralyzed. They get deer in a headlight over so much irrelevant shit. And I'm like... I don't know, man. I don't know if you ever get to the why it happens. Maybe because mm-hmm. they're nice. Maybe because they want people to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm like, why? Why do you allow it to like have that power? These things. Well, that I think are people allow it because they want to be. They want to feel connected. We ultimately want to feel part of something. We the feel tribe. like we have this innate need to belong to something. Yeah. And if we don't feel confident and comfortable and stable in our own world, like we belong, and that's good enough then somebody else has the power to derail us if they're unhappy or they have the power to hold us back from something if they don't approve. And so it goes back to your stability and your identity and where you are and who you are and if you're okay with that or not. And if you're not, everything is up for grabs. Everything is up for debate and anything can derail you because you don't know what you stand on. And if you don't know what you stand on, then you're going to fall over. Right. Were you always this kind of like confident I don't know. That's that's a. Uh, I almost no? said standoffish, yes. but I didn't want to. I said I almost said standoffish, but then just because like <laughs> I wanted to fuck with the Philly side of you. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Um, I feel like so I had this kind of like, I think when I was younger. Um. So I grew up with siblings and a single parent, and so it's like in that you're you like learn how to like step up, you know, stand up for each other and like stand up for you know you're used to at a young age, people having the thought that they have a right to say something about your life and that they have a right to have an opinion about why 
this parent left or didn't leave. And you're like, so yeah, I think it has this, like, I think it has this, like, who do you think you are mentality? And it comes across as like, I say like, you know, 15, 16 year old me was like, who cares who you are? I don't care. I don't give a darn, but it wasn't from a place of like, I care about you and I'm okay. And I want you to be okay. And you don't have the power to influence me. It was like, I'm 16 and I'm immature. And I'm like, you know, screw the world. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then as you grow up and you realize that it doesn't all look like that, I think it, it transitions. And I think some, somebody described me once as like, they're like, you're kind of like a pit bull. Like I wouldn't, like I was like 18 when somebody said this, they're like, <laughs> they're like, they're like, I would always want you on my side. And I was kind of like, huh. And that like set weird with me. I was like, I don't want people to see me that way. Like, I want people to be able to feel like they can approach me. And I was like, okay, so, like, what am I doing that's making somebody feel that way? And so just, like, kind of re, like, like sitting down with myself and spending time with that and being like, all right, what do I, how do I talk to somebody? How do I feel about, like, do, and it was, it was coming down to the point where it's like, well, I feel like I need to defend myself because that's what I've been doing for my whole life. So maybe I should stop defending myself and start being okay with myself and stop worrying about what somebody else is and isn't going to say and wanting them to see me as like, you know, I had a friend ask, like, um, I had a friend who went through a a difficult, uh, a death, a difficult loss of her, uh, boyfriend. They were together for years and like we were in a terrible car accident and she was injured badly. And she came out of that. And then she asked, she asked two questions, like, what do you define yourself as and what's your biggest fear? And I've loved those questions. Um, because, the, how you define yourself is going to affect how you want other people to see you and what you're going to invest in and what you're going to put forward and what you're going to, not, not a fake self, but like, if I say like, you know, Sean, I want you to know that I genuinely care and I'm genuinely grateful for the time that I get to spend talking with you. Well, then I want to make sure that I, I genuinely show that and not just like cut you off more than I already am, but like, <laughs> you know, cut you off or ignore you or belittle you or like, whatever, like, um, see, I enjoy all of those things though. So actually right. you showing me you care, yeah, you need to keep the, doing we can do those. The quick cutting things here. We can do that all night, but like, then it's like, what's the point? And I was great at that. I was great at like, you know, I bartended for eight years. We yeah. are full of like quick witted retorts that no doubt. can silence somebody in two minutes, but that doesn't communicate what I want to be about. Yeah. And so what's the point? And so if my end goal is to make sure that I'm communicating with somebody that they matter, because I know what it's like to feel like you don't matter. And I want to make sure you know that you do, because I feel like that now. And so if that's my end goal, then my goal isn't to feel like I feel good right now. Cause I put that person in their place. It's like, all right, well, how can I phrase this so that I can maybe let them know it's not okay to talk to me that way, but also that they're still human being and the other people in them around that they still matter. Yeah. And so the motivation becomes different. And when the motivation and the goal is different then the behavior changes, because it's going to come in line with what you want and who you want to be. And so I think that was like a point where I'd say confidence is something that is usually feels can very quickly be confused with cockiness. And I would say to a certain point in my life, when I was younger, it was probably more defensive pride and cockiness. I I think the line would be the defensiveness, right? Because I've always tried to, and I don't know if there is a, there's got to be a gray area. I don't know if it's just black and white from confidence and cocky. You hear it in sports all the time. You hear it in life all the time. And you're like, 
well, what is the difference? And it's like, you're confident if you're not having to defend yourself. Right. And I think if you're, you're okay with someone not hearing the whole story and it doesn't yeah. change you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I, I really like how you said that. Hey, who's the asshole that was asking about like counselor with education earlier versus life coaching? Oh, that was me. I'm sorry. Because the way, <laughs> the way you just articulated all that stuff, man, like that's, it, it, it's just, it, it's so educated. It's so thoughtful. And it, that's kind of the point I was trying to get to earlier with the whole schooling versus experience and just kind of thinking about things. Yeah. And it, um, I don't know. It just, just to circle back to hopefully inspire people of like certifications and titles don't necessarily mean competence. They can definitely yeah. help, but you can yeah. also just live your life. You can learn, you yeah. can study on your own. And because mm -hmm. you don't hold a degree doesn't mean you can't be the thing you yeah. hope to define you is yeah. what it is what I um, started drifting to when you were talking about that. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Cause I love it, man. Like that, that was just, so articulate the pit bull defensive <laughs> like i don't know there, there was there was a lot there that um i don't that i can connect to as far as yeah um, that's awesome yeah and that's, i think that's the point people. it's like okay so if i share what what i've learned and what makes sense to me and someone else can connect to it and and share that then with somebody else or grow from that or, or re-articulate their own life experience then like that is a hundred percent a win. That's a hundred percent worthwhile. So I was talking and part of, and not to make it about me, but to kind yeah, of, I, use, yeah. kind of use me to get your opinion of this. Interacting with people, part of what I've been told is the issue when I interact is they're just not confident because they're not at that age. And I've had, I, I work with some older, more mature women. And when I say older, I mean, beautiful, ripe, late thirties to forties. Right. And then some teachers younger define as twenties to early thirties, not okay. to be an ageist, but why I drew that line is because I was told by one of the quote older teachers was like, Oh dude, they're just pissed. Cause they don't know who they are yet. They're still trying to figure themselves out. And until they figure themselves out until they know what they are, they're always going to get pissed when they're challenged. Because yeah. it almost goes to the whole, how do you define yourself? Well, I define myself yeah. as a teacher. Well, now you're mm -hmm. coming in speaking about how I teach. Therefore, I'm triggered immediately because you've challenged right, who I am me. as a person. Yeah. And that I guess almost part of it too is like, I was just curious about, do you find like any sort of age to get to that confidence? Or do you think it, you can get that confidence at, 12 years old. Cause I want to give that kind of confidence to my daughter to be a pit right. bull. I mean, I have a 13 year old that I think has too much confidence for about six women. So, um, <laughs> hopefully she can hear me say that, but no, um, I think, I think confidence and knowing who you are can come with experience uh, and situations. I don't think that I would ever put an age on that. Yeah, because some people at 15 years old have experienced things and yeah. understand life and view that in ways that somebody who's 70 will never understand. But if you've not experienced anything in your life or you're and, and, and sad to say, like, like you're saying, like, we don't want our kids to experience pain, but we want them to feel uh, like stronger. We don't want them to get sick, but we want them to have an immune system. Like you're using those ex examples and it's like, yeah, but ultimately, like, that's how that happens. Yeah. And so 
when someone goes through like deep difficulty and they go through pain, they go through loss, they go through, you know, trauma or experiences that are hard, it forms an outlook on life. It allows you to see somebody else in a way that says, I don't know everything about their life and I know things can be difficult. And it allows you to have empathy and sympathy for somebody as a human being without assuming that you are the most important person in the world. And I think when you experience difficulty like that, it keeps things very quickly in perspective. And when you haven't, it's really hard to gain that perspective because you just, like those two girls I was talking about, like the one really just didn't have any difficulty in her life Yeah. up to that point. I'm not saying she won't go through or hasn't gone through since, but you can't, you can't sit there and say like, I can explain something to you till I'm, I'm blue in the face if I tell you, you know. Honey tastes so sweet and it's great and it's wonderful. And I can explain the texture to you and I can explain the color to you. But if you've never tasted it and you've never experienced it, it's, I can, I can explain it to them blue in the face. You're never going to feel it. You're never going to, it's never going to mean something to you. You're never going to like want to tell somebody else about it in the same way because it doesn't really connect or mean anything to you because it hasn't impacted you. And when things in life haven't impacted us and we've haven't had like, depth of trial it it keeps us younger longer if you want to use an age you know quote unquote yeah what might be age you're you're yeah. expert what, what's what, what's the adverb for experience you're experimentally immature that doesn't sound right um Do you i don't what, know I'm, yeah I don't, I, was, I don't know what the word would i'm trying be. to use the word exponentially but that's not the right word either yeah, no it's <laughs> not i was trying to like experience you're the teacher we'll let you figure this one out <laughs> experientially um immature like you yeah. just you, you don't have the reps you don't have the tree wrinkles right yeah. you know how the tree every ring yeah. gets older like there, there's a reason the giving tree it makes you cry and it has all that wisdom um yeah it's because you can't get it without going through it and that i think that's that's a great point that the experience is really what um yeah perspective empathy maturity you get it from doing right you can't get yeah, it from hearing yeah from from what I mean, we remember things we've ha- had happen if somebody you know if every time we see a bird we you know it sings a song and, and it flies around then we know when we see that that that's what it's going to do if we've never seen one before and it does something, we're like stunned because we're like, Oh, I didn't know that that's what it did. When it, when a situation happens with a person and they do something or we feel something or they hurt us in a way and we're, we're in our forties. The first time that happens, it's going to rock our world because we're not used to that. We don't know what, what are they, how, how we're just stunned. Yeah, Yeah. If you've experienced that from a young age, then your perspective is hopefully chosen to learn from that. And I say chosen intentionally, like hopefully chosen to learn from that as opposed to let that cripple you. Because I think that is a choice too, that, you know, there's people that experience difficult situations and they choose to let that define them. They choose to let themselves be their circumstances and they choose to say, I can't do any better. And then there's people in those situations who say, I can't do any worse. I'm going to move forward from this. This is not going to be who I am. And there's so much that is up to us. That's not just based on our circumstances. So I don't know the clinical term. But I'm gonna try. So when you say I probably it's a, don't know, so you're okay. When you, <laughs> <laughs> if I only had the degree, I would know. Um, like so when you say it's a choice, I immediately thought of like it, it, it's it's not victim blaming, but I don't know how to word it. Where like mm-hmm. if I've gone through something, can I not be traumatized by it? 
Am I not allowed to be? Is it a choice where I can now deflect it? And no, there's a difference between being traumatized by something and being controlled by it. And I think there's a huge difference between saying like, I've experienced, you know, if somebody is, uh, you know, mugged on the street, that, that can be, that can be traumatizing. And so they can choose to either learn from that experience or they can choose to never go outside again because they don't want it to happen. And, and so I think in that situation, we can say like, okay, so did they really experience something? Yes, absolutely. And you can't get over or move past something until you at least acknowledge that it really happened and that it was terrible. And you can say, yes, this was bad. This shouldn't happen to me. It wasn't, you know, I didn't choose to be the person who got mugged. Like this wasn't my fault or however you're going to process yeah. that. Um, you know, that, that is going to be what, what you're choosing is how you move forward. You're not choosing whether that was difficult. You're not choosing whether that was real trauma. You're not choosing whether that was hard or your fault. Like it's all of those things. It's difficult, whatever that is. I'm using like a mugging because it's an easy example yeah. and it's, it's not going to be triggering for somebody who's listening. It's like, that's an easy example for somebody to think of that. It's like also a great Jodie yeah. Foster movie. She got mugged right. and then she went out there in the subway and she's a fucking vigilante. Like, dude, I loved right. Like There's she learned. one way of handling things yeah, for well, sure. <laughs> she empowers. Well, I, 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 I don't know. Not again. Not to cut you off, but like, so that happened to you. Now, if what's your choice? I can stay inside. I can be safe. I can get Uber Eats, or I can take some of my anxiety to a jujitsu class and learn how to handle myself, or right. a firearm safety technique, or mm-hmm. get two tasers, kind of a thing. Or, like, or you sit there and simply say, "Hey, you know what? There's bad people in this world, and sometimes things happen." But I'm not going to stop being somebody who believes in other people or lives my life because there's a chance that something bad can happen. That would be never getting in your car and driving. It would be never getting on a plane because something bad could happen. Yeah. And we stop living our life because we're afraid. And it's a it's a really obvious version of all of the – to go back to all the people who say like, oh, you shouldn't leave your kids. I would never do that. Uh, right. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like you're afraid of something so you're not doing something. It has nothing to do with what you, you know, do or do not believe. It's a choice to. The more I think of that, the more I'm like, you know why I leave my kid? Because I fucking raised them right and they know how to do shit without me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's why I'm, that's why I can fucking go. Because guess what? My kids are going to be okay because we've worked on that shit, man. Sorry that your fucking kid can't function without you. But again, that's, that's because I'm an asshole. And like, that's, that's me wanting to put someone in their place versus no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's you wanting, it's no, it's you wanting somebody to recognize that there's another option ultimately. Yeah. And it's you wanting somebody to recognize that like you, it, you, like you still love your kid. Yeah. Right. And you're like, feeling like they're telling you, you don't love your kid because no you're not doing it the way they're doing it. So it's yeah. you defending your love for your child and you shouldn't have to feel that way. No other parent should have the right to tell you that or make you feel that way. Do you know what I did today to my kid? This is so fucked up. <laughs> I love this. I love this. This is so fucked up. So I'm, I'm stuck in traffic. She's at like a, a running camp. She's a cross country runner. So she wanted okay. to go to a running camp. I'm, I'm not going to get there at 11 and like cross country parents. It's a very like middle-class upper-class sport. You know, only thing yeah. that's more posh is fucking whatever lacrosse and field hockey, right? Maybe yeah. tennis, <laughs> tennis and golf would be like a lacrosse yeah. field. So maybe it's a B B minus upper-class sport. <laughs> So I pull up and I can see her as I'm going to the field, approaching it. I'm far enough away where I can see her notice I'm not there. Yeah. So what do I immediately do? I slow down. And I'm like, let me just see what she does 
feeling this anxiety of daddy's not here to pick me up. Let me just see how she acts. Will she act right? Like, will she be confident? Is she going to like cling to a coach? Is she going to run to a parent? Is my phone going to ring? Right? Like what does she do? So then she walks over to a friend. She's hanging out. I'm like, Oh dude, that's cool. That's like what kids should do. Your dad's not here. You shouldn't be worried. Go fucking hang out with your friends. Enjoy some free time. So one of the other parents spots me. And is about to tell my daughter, your dad's there. And I was like, shh, no. And I like park just to see her get freaked out even more. (laughs) Cause I can see her like head on a swivel being like, where's my dad? Everyone else is leaving. Where's my dad? (laughs) And then whatever I pull in and I like make fun of her about like freaking out. Um, (laughs) All because like I looked at it as an opportunity of what if I wasn't there for 20, 30 minutes, man? Like, what would you have done? What was your plan? Do you know how to feel safe? What would have been the right choices? Where I feel like that's super important for an 11, 12 year, like that's situationally important for my child to know how to function if whatever, I got a flat tire and I'm supposed to pick you up man, and I can't get you. Right. Um, Yeah. And and they're going to remember that situation more. And, and that's your choice and how you choose to parent your kid and how you choose to know them and you, you know, what's best for them. And it's not, you know, whether some other parents are going to be like, I would never do that. Yeah. It's like, well, you're, maybe you're creating that's what anxiety your within them. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, man, or am I helping them to deal with anxiety? I don't know. It just, it, it's funny, but that's, that's what I think about when people get like hypersensitive about it. you're going to leave your kid. It's like, yeah, dude, cause I do shit yeah, like that. Yeah. People have said it to me. They're like, they're like, you leave your kids alone with your husband. And I'm like, they're his kids too. So yes, they're like, um, Oh, they're like, just do you like make meals? I'm like, oh, he's a functioning adult. Like last I checked, he's fully capable. He doesn't need me to like write their whole life out for them. Like that's so sexist, but, right? So when like, you're going to leave, you have like Tupperware and it's labeled, and you've right. spent three days just straight in the kitchen, and all the laundry's done, right? And yeah. all the and so the fabric softener that you use is it just the right? And you're like, no, man. Right, but ultimately, again, that comes down to it has nothing to do with most men are quite capable. I'm sure you know how to do laundry, feed somebody and function. You pick your daughter up, you oh, know, yeah, dude. and the grass time. gets cut. Do you know what right. I'm saying? Like, yeah, dude, we're getting it's shit like, done. It's not that men are not capable at all. It's yeah. that women are seeking that purpose and identity. And so they can't have that man be capable because if he is, then they are less. And so they need to be needed. They need that man to not be able to function without them. They need those kids to not function without them because otherwise what purpose do they serve? How do they define themselves? Right. Goes back to that. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. So, th- so. this is what I'm wondering now, because I guess that's what I do. I wonder aloud. The whole <laughs> helping women reclaim life coaching. Do you try to like specialize with empowering women? Do you discriminate? Am, am I am I catching you as some sort of gender discriminator where you I can, can set you no. up for a lawsuit? Um, I, yeah, yeah, go for it. I got nothing for you to take. So, (laughs) um, but, uh, no, would I, yeah, I guess maybe we'll, we'll say, would that be a question of would I work with any, with men? Sure. Absolutely. I would, but I think it's really helpful. You know, if I'm searching for something, if I go into the vitamin store and I'm looking for something or, you know, looking for something to solve my stomach pain or my headache or whatever. I want something specific because I have a specific problem. And so if I am, this is like, let's look at it as like the information on a bottle. Like 
this is specifically what I am best at because it's specifically what I know the most about because it's the way I have lived through something. So you're not going to come to me and be like, hey, can you coach me through running a, you know, a, a law firm and how I can make sure that I have time for my golf buddies, my family and my practice? I'm going to be like, no, because I have no experience in that. You forgot the mistress, but go ahead. Right. Oh, yeah. And for sure, like two mistresses, let's throw them in there. Um, yeah, maybe I could coach you on how to get out of that one. But <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, ultimately, it's more it's more about what I actually have experience in. I'm not going to waste your time, I've said. So I'm not going to give you advice on something I know nothing about. Because again, my identity is not wrapped up in what I know or what I can, you know, bring to somebody else's life it's about who I am and so I don't need to you know fabricate that or you know be like oh yeah yeah I know about that too like no I don't I have no clue what you're talking about I have no problem saying I have no idea and so if I have no idea I'm not going to tell you I do and so this is something I have a clear idea on because this is something that my life has led me through and that I live through and so that's something I can speak to so that would be why that's more specific gotcha that makes sense. Yeah, I was, I, I don't know, man. I've always been um, curious about gender exclusion in the age of gender inclusion. And maybe it's because I get it beaten over my head as a public school teacher, you know, yeah. like the, the acceptance thing. But I, I, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I don't think there's a lot wrong with that to be like, hey, not that you have to stay in your lane, but it's like, I know my lane. I know my go-to yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm really good at my go-to. Why can't I help yeah. other people? Because I have this great go-to. <laughs> yeah. And I, and again, I think, yeah, it's like, if the opportunity is like, yeah, presents itself or there's a conversation there, like I'm not going to shy away from it, but I'm also not going to try to jump in somewhere where, like, yeah, it's not my lane. And then not to be like that, where it's like, yeah, like you're saying, not, a, it's not a stay in your lane. It's more like a, are you okay with where you are? If you're okay with where you're at and who you are. And, and yeah, if you are, then I'm not really worried if somebody's like telling me to get over there. But yeah, the gender thing is huge right now as far as like, and it's never in the favor of men. So, you know, you guys are just, yeah, I think you're just out because. Dude, so. I'm done. Like white, white middle-class male. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny, man. Cause at least I, at least for me, I grew up poor so I can like, kind of have that relative bucket You're like i didn't have everything perfect yeah, so right? it's okay yeah like I'm, I'm single family or single mom don't know my dad yeah. you know lived in a trailer I, I i understand some of those dynamics but people can just lump you in sometimes and yeah. honestly can be a little dismissive of like you do have some life experiences that can mm -hmm. be valuable and it's really it's really hard because it's like, I mean, I've, I've worked for somebody, I've worked for a white male who fit the stereotype that everyone is so against. Yeah. Um, those empowered, so selfish, married. arrogant fucks. Right. Where he literally would like send me emails. It's how I should be the one to clean the bathroom because I was the female and I probably was the most qualified and he wasn't kidding. Yeah, and right. so there's like, there wasn't, there wasn't an emoji afterwards. No, if there was, was a joke it. there, I would have, I had enough sense of humor. I would have laughed at it, but he wasn't kidding. So it's like, you know, there's things like that where it's like that, there's men that I would say that are like, you know, I, I married a, a white man too, and he's nothing like that. And there's people like that that would be like, there's no way men like that exist. And then you meet them and you're like, holy crap, why are you destroying humanity's image of, of men? 
But unfortunately, there are a lot of them like that, and they are loud, and they're pronounced, and they're in people's space, and they harm people. And so anytime we have an experience that affects our opinion of that person, and then anyone who resembles that person, we now lump them together. Is that fair? No. Is it right? No. But that's the way our brain works. Yeah, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah, if you're mugged by, uh, you know, a big Russian man who has a thick Russian accent and, you know, he, he beats you in, you know, beats your head in and then you hear that voice again, you're going to be afraid yeah. because you had an experience. And so your your mind tells you that's not a good experience. And so there's people who are voicing their experience with certain types of individuals whether it's white men, black men, certain women, it's all over the place. And when people voice those experiences, a lot of times they're very real experiences, but unfortunately they don't speak for all of humanity. And it, it is a shame because it really does discolor a lot of people. And it's, it's really, it's, I think it's very harmful to put someone in a category and just say like, oh, you don't understand any trial in life because you're a white man. Yeah. It's like, well, you have no idea what that person's been through. It's, it's not fair for you to say that. It's super odd and i'm not trying to play the whole like affirmative action is actually like racist if you if you care about race then you're like or like black lives matter is racist to white people like it's not like a that thing but it's super interesting to me that we're striving for no labels Mm -hmm. and at the same time trying to hold on to a couple labels to keep right. people in buckets. And I really feel like the world, it the way we travel, the way that people interact, the way that even relationships occur, like I don't know if there is and if there are any like just blanks anymore. Like I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm purebred Irish. Can can I claim to be Irish? Like can I still identify as that and all the traits that go with it? And I think yeah. all those things, like, can, can I be a male? Okay, well, what does a male mean? Like, am I a fucking lumberjack? I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. Am I metrosexual? I don't even know what the fuck that means. What, because I'm sensitive? Because I, like, wear chinos and that I iron? Does that make me not a guy? Do I have to wear cargo shorts because I'm a dad? Right? Like, there's all these weird labels where... Yeah, these stereotypes and images that we associate with things, but the problem is everyone's had an experience, and every yeah. experience fits a different stereotype. So you're right. Like, yes. okay, you dress a certain way, now you fit six different stereotypes. Nobody knows what to do with you, what box to put you in anymore. It's like, yeah, yeah we're trying to get away from these categories, but we're also trying to hold on to some because there always has to be a bad guy, and if there's always a bad guy, then there always has to be a box to put the bad guy in. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really... Yeah, I... I can't, yeah, I don't think I can fully pinpoint that one either where it's like, it is, it's complicated. And there is this, if I were to try to sum up how I think we solve that real problem that very much exists, it would go back. um, And I'll sound like a broken record. It would go back to people feeling okay with who they are, because if they do, then they don't worry about what everybody else is doing. And they don't, you know, they're able to, they're going to be able to approach their own experiences you're going to be able to say like, okay, that, that, you know, that Russian accent of that guy who, who, you know, beat my head in. I don't know. I'm sorry, poor Russian. I'm picking on the Russian accent for whatever they deserve reason. It, man. <laughs> There's fucking hackers fucking with our meat, fucking with our gas. I mean, like it's so, a lot of yeah, shit. I mean, but, but if you're able to sit there and say like, to be like, okay, I heal from that. That happened. That scared me. I'm going to hear that type of a voice and it's going to remind me of that. But then 
I'm going to also have a stronger memory that I'm choosing. I'm going to choose to have that says that experience doesn't speak for every single human being and, and to be able to move forward from that. And that takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of um, like self-reflection and like choice to, to see where you want to be and where you want to go and who you are and not to be, you know, put down and labeled and stopped in life right where that experience happened. And uh, yeah, I think, I think as long as people are afraid of what other people think, which will be always, we will always have that problem where people are going to want to put somebody in a box, take them out of a box, tell them they're not welcome in a box. And ultimately it's everyone's fear of not being included and wanting to be on the right side of things that allows them to feel permission to, to speak that judgment or to share their experience in that way. But it's complicated. <laughs> the box. No, I like, I'm, I don't know. I'm picturing the box. There's not even like a solution to yeah. it. Cause I, I, I mean, I guess it might, I guess it is a problem to stereotype. I feel pretty confident in saying it's a, it's a problem to stereotype, but I, it's the defense mechanism in people. I don't know where, I don't know how to solve that on a getting to know you podcast, to be honest with you. Like, but it, <laughs> it's a weird. If you can figure that out, you'll be in. No doubt. Be like, it'd be fucking gold, man. But like, it, it's just something that's super interesting to me. The judgment aspect, the limiting aspect, the empowering of individuality, but to be an individual, it, to, to separate myself, I then have to label you as something. I don't know, man. It mm-hmm. just, it. I need to, what I need to do is write like a poem or a ballad about it to like organize my thoughts. I need to have like a matrix or a hierarchy, like some sort of web in order to. I'm all about that. I, that's like, honestly, that's how I think is to like write things down. Because when you, when you formulate something, whether it's in poetry or in writing, you're like forced to make it sound readable. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I can't ramble on. I can't go on a tangent. And ultimately like. When I reread that, do I sound angry? Do I sound like I'm venting? Okay, well, that's not helpful. The point is I'm trying to communicate something. So you remove out the venting, you remove out the, the tangent you ran on, and you, you you hone that in a little bit more, and it comes out in a way where it's like, this is the depth of what I'm trying to explain, and this is where my mind was. And it kind of comes out of your mind, and you can like rest a little because it's like, oh, this is on paper. And so if this applies to somebody, I can share it, and I can also share it because it's in a healthy format now. Yeah, it's right. not containing my tangent or my venting or my pissed offness or whatever or it is just it's... thinking out loud yeah you know yeah so with your and I, I don't know if this is a pivot of all pivots but when you're <laughs> when you're getting so when you are presenting yourself in this way that makes people upset because you abandon your family for very selfish reasons right <laughs> And you take, for some reason, the scuba, it's not scuba diving, the fins with the light coming down from the top. Free diving, yeah. Free diving, yeah, right? And you're like, but you're ascending on the free diving. So I guess my question is when you're, you take that picture. Oh, that's, so that was my dive instructor. So that took those. Okay. No, no. Here's what I'm wondering. And it's almost like, again, a chicken and an egg thing. Yeah. The messaging that goes behind it. Do you have yeah. a thought of like, hey, I want to get this message out to people about taking risks and emerging or whatever is the message that goes with the picture? Or do uh-huh. you have this experience 
And then you sit and reflect on the experience and then start writing about the experience. Option two again. Yeah. (laughs) It's more like, yeah, I said for me, so for me, when I write, it's not like, I'm not writing from a place of like, I want somebody to know this. So how can I say that and get them to feel that way or feel that way? It's more like, this is how I felt and I want to share that. And this is what I experienced and I want to share that. I think, um, yeah, it's more real and uh, for me, more genuine of like what I'm actually experiencing. It's not, I don't have any grand revelations of like, this is what I need to tell the world today. So let's figure out how to write that. I, I mean, it's like, that, no, this is something that was on my mind and this is how it came out. <laughs> so, and there's yeah. some assistant in the corner just trembling because you're like, I need three camels and a <laughs> ticket to Jordan and make sure the flood happens so that I can stage it at this moment. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, I think if, you, if you're out there busy living the life that you were given – you're going to have experiences. They're going to impact you. They're going to make you feel something. They're going to stick with you. They're going to traumatize you. They're going to scare you. And they're going to make you overcome that fear. And if you're you're busy living that life, you're not going to have to sit there and be like, man, I hope I can figure out something to show for it at the end of it. No, right. you're busy living it. You're experiencing it. It's more just going to be at the end of it going, oh, this is what I learned. This is what I experienced. And, and for me, I'm like, I want to get to the end of my life and be like, I got nothing left. I want to be like, thanks, Lord, for the life you gave me. And I used every minute of it. And this is, this is what I got. So and, much uh, more genuine. Yeah, it's real. So I think, yeah, we got enough, we got enough fakery in the world and Space I'm not show. good at it. So right. I'm going to stay out of that lane. <laughs> <laughs> stay out of that lane. <laughs> Fucking carpool lane. I'm out of that. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> um, do you find like common themes that you tend Wake to go up? to? Like just common themes where your mind goes when you're reflecting on the experiences? For me, I feel like it's about like appreciating where life is and um, like what my purpose is and, and, and why I'm here and just feeling like I want to communicate first and foremost that that is something that each of us possess. We each have um, I, like a value that goes beyond what any person on this earth can assess, determine, or... Um, or in state. And so I think first and foremost, wanting people to know who they are, that they matter, that there is value there, that there is purpose there, that that is something that no matter what you've been through, no matter what you will go through, that no person in or out of your life has the power to take that away from you. And I think that is something that's very important to me personally and something I want to make sure that, you know, if you like to go back to those two questions that my friend asked, like the second one being, what's your biggest fear? my biggest fear would be that people that I have met and love don't believe that they matter and they don't know how truly they're loved and they don't know um, the life that they have available for them. And that, and I think that would be, that would be something I'm most afraid of. And I think what you're most afraid of, you will do the most work to avoid. Um, Yeah. yeah, If I'm afraid of, you know, fish, I'm, I'm not getting in the water. So if I'm, if I'm afraid of that, I'm going to, I'm going to go out of my way to make sure I can listen and connect and hear somebody and let them know that they do matter and that that I do care. Um, Why does that matter so much to you though? That people matter. Why does it matter to me? Why does it matter um, that people matter? (laughs) Why does it matter that people matter? Um, 
So are you, do you have any, like, I'm going to ask you questions now. <laughs> oh, wow. So I answer a question with a question. All right. Yes. Um, so do you, not, not really, um, but do you have any like belief as far as um, like life after death or if there's a God or anything like that? Man, I, yeah, right. I, fuck. You can say no and you could say, I don't feel like answering it. No, no, no. It's not a, I don't feel like answering. It's something that it, it, it it's going to go on another tangent, man. Like I, okay. I want to say the whole, yeah, heaven and hell, right? And yeah. from the Christian standpoint, but as I keep analyzing and learning about my biblical upbringing and experience, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that God or Jesus is bullshit, but I want to feel like the experience and the Judeo- Judeo-Christian experience is kind of bullshit man it feels so capitalistic to me it feels so forced it feels so governmental regulatory Mm -hmm. that i'm like i don't know if that's what it is and since i grew up with it is that why i feel like there is a heaven and hell but then i talk to a bunch of these fucking like woo woo people that come on here and they're like i know it's so woo woo but i love it and it's reincarnated and it's spirits and i'm like well if i'm a man of science and energy is not created nor destroyed wouldn't it make sense that when your spirit leaves you it does get into something else and is that why you have deja vu and is that why you're connected to certain people and is that why so i guess all that to say i don't know where i currently fall man like i don't know what'll happen if i die right now like i i don't know if it'll i'll just go fucking blank because i feel mm-hmm. like when i'm dead what the fuck ever I, i'm not gonna know anyway mm-hmm. um so yeah i guess that's a long-winded way to be like i don't know if i do believe in a heaven and a hell no that's uh, yeah that, like that's... i fear hell but i don't look for heaven if that makes sense i look for life no Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, if there's something we're afraid of, that fear is so much more real than the possibility. Yeah, right. Like I just so, want to avoid the hell out of suffering. I, I <laughs> but I'm not like trying to die to get to, I'm not like one of those Christians like, Oh my God, heaven's going to be so much better. I'm like, yeah. Or you're just fucking getting eaten by worms <laughs> and like it, it's over and you missed out on like another 15, 20, 30 years of pleasure however you get that pleasure <laughs> you yeah. know like that yeah, would no i think it's very real and, and and really important to like again like i said like early on like don't be afraid to ask the question don't be afraid to ask the pointed hard this may offend me and i might be afraid of the answer question um and i think that that's important to say like i don't know i'm not sure but yeah that's where it is so so I guess afterlife to, is why people matter to you what's that so the afterlife is why so people I would say in some, in some, in some regards, to more or less to get into that. So for me, I would say similarly grew up, um, aware of things, but really just kind of like, yeah, the people who believe this are messed up. Like I say, we'll, we'll take, uh, we'll take the Bible for instance, and say like the people that I experienced that would say they were Christian or were in a church like that, that my experience with those people um, they all earned their stereotype that I didn't want anything to do with them. <laughs> Let's put it Fuck that way. Yeah, man. Dude, that, that's so what, I, yeah, that, that got me in several ways. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ahead. And I know I, so I fully, I fully feel that. And then, you know, as I was, as I was older, I was like, okay, I am one who needs things to make sense to me. And I need there to be like a reason, like, I don't, 
you know, I don't get up in the morning at a certain time if I don't have a reason. I have somewhere to be. <laughs> like, trust me, if I don't have anywhere to be, I'm not waking up at six in the morning. Like, I'm not a morning person. It's just not happening. Like, there is a reason why I do something, why I make myself some food or pour myself a glass of water. There's a reason. And even if the reason is just I felt like it, there's still a reason. And so how can something that I do have a reason and a purpose, yet I exist on this earth and everyone exists on this earth without a reason and a purpose like that doesn't compute in my mind mm. it doesn't it doesn't make sense right and so for me it was like okay so that was my first question and um the second one being like okay but whatever it is it has to apply to everybody so like you know if, if you trace back like the major religions it's like okay well there's a start to that one there's a start to this one there's a start to that one so Technically, it only applies to the people that were in existence after that religion started. So it doesn't actually answer the question for all of humanity because it actually wasn't here for all of humanity. So, Well, Christianity was, right? Well, at least yes. according to the Bible. Yes, that one was. And so that was kind of a thing for me. As, as I'm looking into that, that was the only one that was. And so I was like, okay, so that's the only one, like, like not Christianity, but the Bible specifically was the only one that was like, okay that applies to all humanity. So it was like that one answered, like it fit that criteria for me. That's actually, and good. Then, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, that's something I actually don't know if I could speak about at all. Like other religion wise, what do you like know? Like Islam, um, as far as, you know, Hinduism, Buddhism. Um, oh, they, they don't talk about the exist, like the start of humanity. They well they, no they they speak of like they had it like if you trace Islam back there's a start like when like it's the prophet like Muhammad, Muhammad is like that that was at a point in our, like already when the world was in existence okay so and then there's you know I could probably bore you with that but <laughs> then there's like um, there's a ton of things within like the Quran that contradict themselves and that go against like what they're even saying and so for me things like had to be consistent i'm getting like kind of off track here but no, like so, it's not so yes, off track thing i because i find that interesting and if if you're knowledgeable about it i don't mind getting knowledge at all because that's something i hadn't considered and i've never even honestly researched i guess you would just assume that other religious doctrines like started at the, the god, same time. the god being right, but maybe that's right. a maybe that's a white male Christian bias in me <laughs> to be like assuming of, yeah, man, everything. They had like a, they had like an answer for it, but they didn't have. And then the other thing was for me, like I was tracing, like I'm all about like, um, okay, what are the consequences? Like, okay, so if I die and what happens if game atheists were right and there's nothing and I choose to not live my life in agreement with them, what's the consequence? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Okay, so I don't need to worry about that one. I don't even need to figure out if that's right or wrong because it doesn't matter. Mm. So then I can go into, you know, Buddhism or Hinduism. Like, okay, if I live my whole life and I disagree with that, what's the consequence? What if, what if they were right? Well, I come back and I get a second chance. And I'm just going to keep coming back until I get it right. Yeah, but you're a caterpillar, man. Right. But I, I guess at the same time. But, but then if you're right. the best caterpillar, now you get to be the butterfly. Then you get to exactly. be the raven. Now you, 
That's, a, so that's actually a really good outlook. How old are so you was, when you're having these conversations? Is, I was are like 18. These, <laughs> so, are you having these with yourself or yes, like you found like you were in a cult? It's a little scary place in there. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was those two. And then I go into Judaism and that is biblical, like a biblical belief, like based on the Bible, but it stops to a point and they're still waiting for, like, they don't believe in like the, the second half of the Bible, like the New Testament. Yeah, the right. They're... So they don't believe the in the second half. So they're still waiting for their Messiah to come back. I wasn't born Jewish. Um, I have not lived my life in accordance with all of that. And so that one kind of like, it really didn't apply to me because of my own heritage and I don't fit into that. And they're still waiting around. And that one, I was kind of like, okay, I think that one connects pretty closely with like Christianity, except for that can account and make sense for the rest of it. Um, and then if I go into Islam, it was like, well, first of all, I'm a woman, so I don't know what you know about Islam, but being a woman in that culture is not a good idea. Um, yeah. So if you, if you live your life perfectly as a woman in that religion and you die, your reward is one night with Muhammad, like one sexual night with Muhammad, the prophet. Wow. That's your reward. That night so, must be amazing, though. Like, right. that dude must know how to put it on someone <laughs> if that's the so, reward. That's the reward. So my, yeah, so the guys, they get 76 or 66 versions, and I'm messing up that number, and yeah. the women get that. Okay. And I'm kind of like, that's, I'm good. That, <laughs> so. Dude, that's another great point. Like, I, I've heard about, and maybe it's because of the um, suicide bombers, where, like, they're killing themselves so that they can go to the land and get 77 virgins, whatever the number is. Yeah. I've never heard the flip side where the woman gets one night with Muhammad. Yeah. And it's like their property. Women are property in that. They're yeah. not, a, they, yeah, it's, it's terrible. I've been to a lot of parts of the Middle East. I've talked to a lot of women who've experienced, um, I've had an opportunity to speak to, um, you know, some group, small groups of women over there. And um, it's not, it's not a pleasant place for women. Dude, I had, and so, uh, yeah, just a, a, I guess it's a shameless plug, but I had um, a lady on and it's been so long. I forget, honestly, I forget her name, but she started a company, Dozy Bikes. She's in Egypt okay. and she basically wanted to teach women how to get a scooter license so uh -huh. they could get off the subway so they would not be sexually assaulted yeah. because of the rules of Islam. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I was, what? I was like that actually has to happen. Like yeah. you have to train other women because men won't give you license. Yes. Won't help you <laughs> to, yes. to be educated, to be free, to have the freedom to not get felt up, grabbed or sexually assaulted. Yeah. Like, it, so it's a very different thing. So yeah. So I mean, not to tie that back in, but like that was for me, that one was pretty easily out. Um, yeah. but, so, so that left like the, that left not Christianity, but the Bible. And I say that I, I differentiate the two because my experience with people who labeled themselves as a Christian didn't line up with what was actually in the Bible. And so if I, again, if we go back to the example of like, if I describe to you what honey is and you taste it, and then somebody else makes like a corn syrup version, that's an example of it. And you're like, yeah close but it's not great mm -hmm. if that example totally sucks 
it doesn't change the like the sincerity or authenticity of the real thing just because somebody who chose to represent it did it wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that had to apply for it to be real for me. That had to make sense where it was like, okay, I am not going to base the reality of my decision of where I came from or if there's a reason for it or whatever that is, whether there's life after death or whether, you know, that applies to anybody else on a valuable human beings example of something they chose to represent. I'm going to go to the source. And if the source sucks, then I'm moving on. And that's kind of where I was with each one. So I go to the source and I'm like, well, this, this speaks of people and it speaks of life in a way that answers my questions and makes sense. But I don't see people living up to that. And so I was like, came to a point where I was like, all right, I agree with this. I believe this, but I don't like the way it's being represented. Um, But that doesn't mean that I get to throw it out because that was also the one that I was like, okay, if I die and this one was right, I'm actually not cool with the consequences of that Um. because this one tells me that there's a heaven and a hell and there's a perfect place where we'll spend an eternity and there's a terrible place where someone will spend an eternity. And I'm not willing to gamble my eternity on whether this was right or wrong. Okay, so then I'm going to go a step further than in this one. What does that require of me? How do I fit in? How do I get there? How do I achieve that? How do I accomplish that? If, that, if I don't want the negative consequence, how do I make sure I don't get that? Fire insurance. Okay. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do I got to do? Because, uh, you know, yeah. So it's like, okay, so what is it? And then it's like, oh, nothing. Okay, so according to the Bible, somebody else chose to pay that price. Somebody else chose to allow me passage into that. So it's people like, oh, why does that? I was like, so heaven is presented in the Bible as perfect, as having no blemish and no imperfection in it, a place where there is no no pain and no hurt and no evil. Well, what are we great at as human beings? We're great at hurting people. We're great at screwing things up like we don't need help in that I, I hope there's not a person alive that think I mean there are there's plenty of them that think they're perfect but I am certainly not one of them I've made plenty of mistakes and so for heaven to remain perfect well I can't enter it because I'm not perfect and that would change the composition of that because my presence alone would make the entirety of it no longer perfect well so then but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you believe in Jesus you're made perfect because of Jesus so you can right. enter. Exactly. So I am made perfect by what he chose to sacrifice and I get to have that sacrifice if I choose to accept it. It's not forced upon me. It's up to me whether I accept it or not. But once I accept it, then he does cover my imperfections and he does cover that. But it doesn't happen on my own. And so that was a thing where it was like, okay, do I believe this? Do I accept this? And do, what do I have to do? Oh, I don't have to do anything. I simply have to believe this according to this. It almost seems too good to be true, right? It seems good. And yes, and we're taught as human beings that if something is too good to be Skeptical. true, it is. Well, is that just the <laughs> devil, right? Like, is that the devil trying to get us to get to his realm so that he can torture our punk asses? Where God's like, Jesus is sitting there be like, so fucking simple. What is wrong with y'all? <laughs> just accept it. Just be okay with me dying for you. And it's but, fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have an 11 year old daughter. We, we, you know, for those of us who have kids and we sit there and we say like, all right, I got this for you. This is good. I don't want it. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's here anyway, if you change your mind. Yeah. What we were talking about earlier with kids in education, man, like teachers just yeah. showing up being like, dude, you need to learn. Ah, no, nah, I'm fine without learning. 
Right, but if you love that child, you don't pick them up and physically force them there. You let them make that mistake. You let them decide because ultimately, if their heart chooses not to, it's not going to be in it. It's mm-hmm. not going to want it. It's not really going to be there. Yeah. And we've all been given, I believe we've all been given free will. And that allows some people to make really bad decisions. And it makes some people to make good decisions. And sometimes those decisions that people make harm other people. And that, that was something that made the most sense to me out of the Bible was like, you can't force love. And mm-hmm. I forget whatever the parable was, but it was whatever, some sort of slave that a king falls in love with. And then the king can't be sure if she actually loves him because she's fearful of the power that he has to then punish her for not loving him. That was a story in the Bible? It's somewhere in there. It's okay. not as like big as like whatever. Um, the I'll have dude, to look it up. The dude who climbs a tree. But I think it was like. I'm, not the, I'm definitely not the person who has the thing memorized in any capacity. Yeah, so I, like I can't, I can't cite it. I'm almost, no, yeah. I'm almost positive that it's, some, it, it's referenced, but it, made, it, it makes sense. Because if you look at God, like if he's going to punish you for not loving him, then right. is it really love? No, because you're forced into a relationship for fear mm-hmm. of consequences. And mm-hmm. if it's a loving God, they wouldn't want to do that to you. Mm-hmm. It, if God identifies as a they, I don't want to tell God how to identify. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, definitely not worth upsetting. No, yeah, man. But so all that to say the what you're saying about the kids is true because if you're forcing, it's like mandatory fun, you know, you can't force it. No, it doesn't. Like the kid has to just want to come to the realization. And then, yeah. So, so I, yeah. So I mean, like reading all that and getting to a point where I was like, this is ultimately up to me and this is my choice. And to sit there and say like, okay, this, this tells me that I have a purpose and I have a reason and I was created for something. And there's, it wasn't by mistake. It wasn't by accident. And if something's not by mistake or by accident has a purpose, then you, you, you have somewhere to go with that. And if I believe that, if I believe that that's, that's real and that there is heaven and hell and there is a God who chose to give his life for me so that I could enter into a perfect heaven and spend my eternity there. And that's a real thing. And I really believe that. And I choose to say, I'm not going to talk about that and we're not going to tell anybody about that because they're going to look at me like you're a psycho, which maybe, maybe, you know, I'm sure I am in many regards, but then I don't really believe it. Yeah. So if I really believe something, I'm really going to tell somebody, I'm really going to stand by that and I'm really going to live my life in that way. And I'm really going to genuinely care. And this isn't a topic that I'm like ever like, I, we've been talking for like over two hours, which is great, yeah. but it's like, this isn't the first thing that comes up because it shouldn't be. It's if somebody asks, I'm happy to answer these questions. If, if, if there's a question there, I'm not afraid to answer it. I'm not shying away from that, but I'm certainly not going to shove my opinion down anyone's throat because that's not the way this was supposed to be done. It's, it's somebody else's, your heart is your heart between you and whoever you choose to live that between. It's not my yeah, love, right love shouldn't be persuasive. Yeah, I no, shouldn't have to convince you. If if you're yeah. if you're created to be with a God, I shouldn't have to convince you to be with that God. Right. And I think that it's really important to to your for your life to match up with what you believe. 
if I say I believe that people matter, but I don't live my life that way, then I don't really believe that people matter. Mm. And so if I tell you that I think that this, that learning this information impacted my life in a way where it allowed me to realize that the people in my life that have hurt me or have not hurt me, that that wasn't my purpose. I wasn't here to just be harmed, that those people had as much choice as I had and they chose to do something different with it. And that's okay because their free will and mine have to fully exist for both to be genuine and their choice to harm somebody in a certain way. And my choice to do that or not, they have to both be permitted or we don't really have free will. If somebody steps in when we don't like something, then it's not free will. If somebody steps in, you know, or only allows something and we make the right decision, then that's not really your choice. Right. It's like, well, you can choose only if you choose the right thing. Yeah. yeah. There's only it's one. Like right telling answer. your kids, it's a like, multiple choice test, well, but there's only one right. answer. But there's only one answer. And it's like, well, that's not really my choice then, is it? Yeah. And so I think it's important. Like, I know people say that a lot, like, why do bad things happen? Or why do, if there's a God, why does he allow these things to happen? And I think it goes back to not forcing love and not forcing our hand. And each of us are allowed to choose the path of our life. And for that to be real, it has to be real for all of us. And that's, not a pleasant pill to swallow often, but yeah, I don't know to kind of like continue that little weird rabbit trail wherever it's going. Yeah. I think I care so much for people to know that because I believe it so much and I believe it's real. And if I, if I believe that's real, then I want to make sure that somebody else doesn't go through this life or leave this life, not knowing that they mattered or had a purpose or are loved deeply or worth everything and they're not gonna they're not gonna know that that I believe that if I don't show that I'm not saying that it's my responsibility or I'm the one who's gonna show them that their life matters but if because <laughs> if, the if, if I don't treat them like they matter to me then that's one more person that's telling them that they don't and I believe each individual has a whole ton of power in this world by the way they treat somebody and the way they talk to them. So I'd like to at least make sure that my life gives somebody that opportunity to feel like theirs matters. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's funny how people, I often wonder, do like ants, chimps, fish care about the other species as much as most humans care about other humans? <laughs> It's a very interesting question. I think there are some that definitely do, but then there's others that like, you know, eat each other. So I'm yeah. Right. Like the praying mantis. Definitely yeah, not. That but, one's real disturbing. We don't want to be attached to that but one. <laughs> some of them, like some of them, it's just like pure lineage, right? Like some of them, it's like a gene relation, like a dolphin will really care for its baby. But mm-hmm. if, if it's another, like a dolphin doesn't kick its baby to a, another dolphin that went to learn how to teach the dolphin to get fish for four years at the university of what would be like a good name for a dolphin college, the university. Flipper U. I don't know. Flipper, I got nothing. Flipper U. There it is. <laughs> there it is. The university of Flipper U. Like that doesn't, I, I don't think that happens. Right. But yeah. so it's an interesting thing. Like you ask yourself then like, why? Why do people have that innate care for other people that could take your resources? That could. I think, in the, I think in the same way that we care what other people think about us. You think a chimpanzee cares if somebody else like 
Yeah, right. If cares. another chimp looks at them sideways from yeah. like across the world, no, they don't care at all. It cares about the way its fart smells. Not at all. Right. Nope. They don't give a darn. And so, all right, what about us? Well, we do care. Yeah. So, so if we care what somebody else thinks, what does that matter? And ultimately, our value on their life or humanity is a self-reflection on the value that we see of ourselves. And so if we don't think that that person is worth it, ultimately we don't think we are. I think that's like in some way very real that if like, if we devalue humanity, we also devalue ourselves. And so we're pretty self-preservationist. So we're not, we're not big on that one. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. So then like, is it, I don't know. This is just way, I don't know if it's because we've been speaking too long, but like it's, (laughs) It's like, so then is it a God spirit or is it self-preserving where like we want to care for others because ultimately we want others to care for us or is it this spirit of care is within us so that's why we care? Um, I think you could answer. I think I could agree with both statements. I think, yeah. I finally got you to say good to both, one and two. No, yeah, one and two for that one. Um, I think we do care because we see, like, there's that, like, self-preservation in us and we want to see the other, you know, we want to see somebody else do well because it means we feel like we're going to do well. But I think ultimately, like, there is also something within us, you know, we have, like, innate desires and innate, like, needs and longings and feelings. And I think those come from somewhere. Right. And so, yeah, I would say both. Yeah, it's got to be a reason because I, I don't know if it's a survival thing because so many animals could just kick our ass if we didn't have <laughs> each other to figure shit out yeah. and make tools yeah. and defend ourselves. And as like we figured out real quick, hey, man, if five of us get together, we can kill these other do- more dominant species and we'll control the earth. Or if it was like, you know, what, we were around first and we care for each other. What I'm, I'm, I'm curious to go back to you having this conversation with yourself at 18. Like, do you remember what brought this up, what you were going yeah. through or why? Yeah, I was kind of like at a really interesting, I mean, I don't know if super interesting, interesting or not interesting, but I was kind of at a place where like, um, so my dad left when I was like 14 and I was like working a ton of jobs. My family was super stressful. Um, and there was just, like, a lot going on in that. I was, like, dating, like, so the wrong guy, which I think, like, we all, every, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe you didn't date so the wrong guy, but. Um, oh, I dated <laughs> plenty go- of wrong guys. Those Perfect. fuckers. Those assholes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think there's, like, a lot there. Like, I was kind of at a point where I was, like, life doesn't really feel like I don't like my life. I think that's where I would have said. I would have been at a place where I was, like, I don't like my life. Okay. But I had, like, so much, like, guilt where it was, like, okay, well, I can't just, like, leave and go live a life that I want to live. And it was, like, okay, well, if I'm going to, like, what if I take my life? And it's, like, well, if I take my life, that's stupid. I might as well just go live the life I wanted to live if I wasn't going to be here anyway. So, like, this is, like, this crazy circle of thinking where you're just, like, all right, if if I'm not willing to just go do what I want and I'm not willing to, like, leave, then then why? And then trying to figure that out. Like, okay, what is holding that? Where is this guilt coming from? Where is this fear coming from? And, like, if I don't like my life, well, let's figure out a way to like it because I'm going to – I feel like there's no way I'm going to not live it. I'm here, and I'm not going to – like, as long as I'm alive, I feel like I've got a chance at restructuring it in a way where I'm going to enjoy it. And so in that point, I was like, all right, 
there has to be a way that this is going to start making more sense. And I have these questions that I want answered and I want there to be a reason. And I can't put my finger on like, you know, why some people's lives are, you know, seemingly perfect and mine feels like it's not and why nothing seems to work out in my life, but everything seems to work out in somebody else's. And so it was like, all right, well, there has to be a reason. There has to be purpose and there has to be somewhere this is going. And if it's not, well, then I might as well just like, you know, peace out and just go have a good time. And so I basically started reading a ton more of like, all right, I'm looking for answers. I started reading, like, like I said, like reading through like all these religions that I was finding out, looking for answers in that, talking to people. And, um, that was kind of where I landed on. It was like, at the end of all that, I basically got to a point where I was like, okay, after reading the Bible, I'm at this point where I'm like, and like I said before, walking through that process of like, where are the consequences? What am I okay with? Where I was like, all right, I'm at a point where I get, I think, I believe that there is a God. I believe he created this world and he created me and he has a purpose and he's more powerful than anything. And that's nice. So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I basically was like, all right, God, I accept that you're real thank you. I'm accepting what you did for me. We're good. Like, that's like, I'm going to say this verbal thing. So I'm in the clear because I don't want to go to hell. And that's kind of where my understanding was. And we move forward because like, you know, the Bible has this explanation of like, God is our like heavenly father. And mine was like a horrible human being. So I'm just kind of like, not interested. But again, it goes back to that (laughs) example where you're like, Okay, you're giving you're asking me to relate to something that I have no experience with. You're asking me to like something that I have a negative experience with. Yeah. So I don't want that. I don't want anything to do with that. I hadn't and considered so, that before, man. Like how many yeah. people have shitty father relationships, but then just even the word heavenly father would trigger all sorts of negative connotations. Absolutely. Like the word father yeah. could be a terrible word to so many people. I hadn't even thought to of that. So many people. Yeah, but but ultimately that word has become terrible to so many people because so many people with their own free will chose to live that life in a way that Put deterred from yeah. who they were supposed to be. It. Right. So that's human failing that created that. It's not the way it was intended. Again, it's like something misrepresenting the way something actually was supposed to be. And that goes back to the saying, like, am I going to judge something on its example or am I going to judge something on the original? And so that, like, it had to be like, okay, if I can go to the original and that that one sucks too, well, then (laughs) we can write it off. But if I go to the original and it it doesn't, then that person just really did a really good job of screwing up that example. And it's not fair to say everything's like that. If I ever go to, like, I mean, you have people who, you know, you go to a dentist and they're, I don't know anybody who likes it. I hate the dentist. If I go to a dentist and I have a bad experience, then I'm like, all dentists are bad. Well, what if you, what if there's one that's not right? What if, what if most of them are? And I just went to the bad one, like, or whatever it is. So we can't like judge something in our lives. I think we do, but I don't think we should. I don't think it's healthy, fair to us, good for us or reasonable to judge an entire group of something or anything based on one example of something or based on a couple examples even because that doesn't speak for something else yeah they say that they say that about the stock market all the time (laughs) like past performance does not indicate future returns right and it's like yeah i accept that right like statistically absolutely but with people 
not so much. And you're like, no, nah, right. which is crazy because like every like with the stock market, there's only certain things like there's some rules that they have to follow. Yeah. As humanity, we're like all over the freaking map. That's a good point. So technically, you've got way more odds and way more options of how that could go. So technically, we have more chances we should be giving to people because there's more of them and more options and more opportunities. But yeah, right. that's not how our mind works. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Man, but I, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, yeah. I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off with the stock thing. I was just like no, thinking I, it's it it's pretty interesting the the connotation of father having not the best father relationship, but then being able to trust God as a father to provide this this way to safety ultimately. So mm-hmm. like, and, and that, that's something I take kind of seriously. I talk with it about my daughter all the time. I'm like, dude, when you act my, I call my daughter, dude, yeah. it's so terrible. I'm like, dude, when you act stupid, I get upset because I'm scared. I'm yeah. scared that you are not prepared to be mm-hmm. on your own. If I'm not around to make sure shit's going well. Right. And that yeah. scares me to death. That's yeah. why I'm constantly on you about, What's the right thing to do, man? Because I want you to be safe. My my one purpose, my ultimate goal for you, why I'm here is for you to be okay. Yeah. And basically that's what God's purpose is in the Bible, right? Jesus comes down. Right, but you just described that perfectly because that's what you care for. You care for her and you do anything for her. No, yeah, so exactly. You're in, yeah. Yeah, so you're living that example out. And it's like, oh, great. That's what that's supposed to be. No, no, yeah, 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 right. But what I'm saying is like, it's very easy for that not to happen, (laughs) Yeah. right? But then to put that trust in some words to be like, yeah, I've seen like 22 other fathers that ain't shit, but oh, God, the father. Oh, you're the one? Sure. Uh I I just hadn't considered people going in with that mindset, Um, but I think that's a very valid point. Yeah, and I think honestly- Ultimately, what changed my perspective on that was learning what his character was and learning other experiences in my life that applied to like that experience love in a genuine way. And then being able to apply those experiences to the character of who he was and what I was learning and when I read into that and what I found out about him. And so when I was able to put those together, it was like, okay, this makes sense now because I've experienced a version of care. I've experienced a version of what love looks like. I've experienced a version of what this feels like. So I can connect that. I can make sense with that. The word maybe doesn't hold that meaning. I mean, now it looks different for me too. Like I have, you know, my husband's a great father to our girls. Like that looks different. Like, you know, the older you get to, you're able to like separate like a word from an experience a lot differently too. You know, life, life goes and you learn and you're able to like, differentiate those things and not let one thing like put a stake in something for the rest of your life. So who was it for you that got you to the point of understanding God's love? Um, probably like first and foremost would have been my husband, but then we had, you know, I mean, and again, it was just more like somebody who, you know, didn't get angry, chose to be there, was present, um, put me first. It was like all these things that I hadn't really experienced in my life before. And you were like, Oh, And that was, you know, that was, again, that's years of that happening. And that's years of like me being like kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and like, Uh, and things like that too. And so it's, it's, and then, you know, and then there, you know, as life went on, like the other shoe did drop and he went through uh, a time where he had a drinking problem and that all fell apart. And I had to go back and like re-solidify that point in my life where it was like, yeah, no, this is, 
the example doesn't change the original and an example doesn't cause somebody to cease to exist because we make mistakes because we're human. And if there's a relationship there, you can go back and fix it if you want to, if you're willing to. And, and we have, and so that's, you know, years ago and years forward now. And yeah, there's been a lot there, but so more life experience tacking on, but yeah. Dude, that's, it's, I, I feel free to tell me to fuck off. Cause I, I no, don't mean no, no. to be nosy in no, any no, no. way. But it's interesting to me because if you're connecting or if the connection of, man, this love is almost not, not that your husband's God, but the God, like the reference to help me understand what God's love would be. And Mm -hmm. then a drinking problem gets that shook where, did it make you question? Oh yeah, absolutely. The God love, not, not your husband's love. But the no, God it made love. me question my, right. yeah, I mean, for sure, like my husband, it was like, okay, well, you failed me. You're just one more person that failed me. So let's move on from that. Mm. But as far as, yeah, I think it, it was, it was definitely a different thing where it was like, okay, is this the same thing? And then I, honestly, like to get to a point too, where I'm like kind of grateful for that because I don't ever want, like I tell you, like, I don't want my identity wrapped up in another person. I don't want my identity wrapped up in a relationship I have here. Because if it is, then I cease to exist. And so I'm kind of grateful for that time because it, it re-centered who I am, not in another person. And uh, it's going to allow me to show up in his life as, you know, to care for him better, to be, you know, a better, uh, like a better wife, to be a better friend, to be a better, like, mom to my girls. Because I'm not basing my purpose and my existence on how he makes me feel. Like, yes, he can impact me. Yes, he can, you know, like I can be happier or sad or based on how he's feeling or things like that. Sure. But ultimately, he doesn't change my existence or my purpose or my identity. And ultimately, I'm okay without him if I need to be and vice versa, too. So I think that's that's really healthy and it's really important. And it's it's kind of a difficult place to get to. But I think it changes. It seems like an oxymoron, man. Right. <laughs> like like it does. It it I. I it really does. Yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, no, I'm never, yeah, you're free to ask away. So that's never something you gotta, we'll, we'll have to book another, we'll book another two hours. Somewhere else yet. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I just keep no, people you're on. Fine, you're fine. I'm just so lonely. I keep people on all the time. <laughs> yeah. I just... no, that's great. That's, I, I, yeah, it's awesome. I'm so grateful to, yeah, just to, to get to spend time talking to you for sure. It's, it's cool. Yeah. And again, I think that uh, there's no point in going through anything in our life, whatever it is, if you're not willing to like share that. Cause if you're able, if you get to a point where you're able to talk about it, then you've grown from it and you're comfortable with it. And then someone else can hear from that too, or feel heard or feel like I'm not alone or I'm not the only one or whatever that is. It, it, it's, um, I was talking to, um, it, it hasn't posted yet, but I was talking to a guy last night about um his ambition and he was like yeah i'll jump off a cliff as soon as i see someone else do it i'll definitely (laughs) jump off the cliff because i know that the water is deep enough where i'll survive and Mm -hmm. i feel like that aspect is what you're talking about where it's like man if i can just if people can put themselves out there you never know who needs to hear someone say I've been in blank situation because everyone's mm-hmm. situation, they feel like it's only them until they yeah. hear someone else has been through it. Then all of a right. sudden they're like, holy shit, you can make it through. 
And mm-hmm. what I took from that that part of our conversation is something I've never considered, which is if you have a bad connotation to love father, to a loving father, then you mm-hmm. get to know love. And then all of a sudden that love is in question. Does then your definition of love come into question and then try to get that back? And it can, it seems like it can come back. And I think yeah, that's a I think great it goes thing. Because I think, yeah, I mean, if you are defining something and then it, like, you, like you, you learn what something is and then you go out and you live based on that knowledge and then it falls apart and you have to go back and say, okay, did I learn it properly? Did I learn it right? Was I believing, did I only hear a part of it or did I only believe the part that I wanted to that's hear? so analytical. Was? Women are way too emotional though. <laughs> women are not going to understand that because you're way too analytical. I'm sorry. Maybe you don't understand women. I do. That is just too analytical for women. <laughs> yeah, I just like to confuse people. It's just much easier that way. It's more fun. <laughs> no, but the, no, my brain's a scary place sometimes. But it's been dude. If you get into your own brain, but I, I like. There, I'm joking and kind of being a dumbass, but at the same time, I'm kind of being serious because it's like that's so that's such a rational analytical approach to analyze something as emotional mm-hmm. that deals with feelings. Mm-hmm. That deals with her. Yeah, I think our, our feelings and our emotions, they're very, like, they're very real. And truth is a big word that gets thrown around. Um, but something that tr- that's true, and I'll say for me, but I think <laughs> it's regardless. But what's something that's true, it doesn't change. So your shirt is orange. Well, you can say, oh, it's orange for you, but for me, it's blue. Okay, well, you can feel that way. You can want to believe that. But at the end of the day, one of us has to be wrong because truth doesn't change. Truth isn't, but our feelings are very real and our emotions are very real and they impact how we experience something and they impact how we feel about something and how we act. Um, but they change. And so I think it's, it's really important to understand that, to validate them. Like, you know, I talk to my girls and it's like, your feelings matter. Like you're allowed to feel angry. You're allowed to feel hurt. You're allowed to feel sad, but you're never allowed to take it out on somebody else. You're never allowed to respond in this way or that way. And and it's important to feel like we're allowed to communicate how we feel, to feel how we feel. and But that can't dictate what we believe as truth because our emotions and our feelings are like a roller coaster half the time. And they're up and they're down. And, and just like a kid needs stability and they'll push a line until they know that you've given them one. So they feel safe. So they feel like they're not the one in control because ultimately no child, no 10 year old kid wants to be like, I'm the end all. That's scary. They don't supply their house and their food. They need to know that someone else has them. And so if we feel like truth just goes up and down, depending on how we feel, that's terrifying. Because everything is subject to change. We can't rely on anything. And there's no foundation firm enough for us to stake our life upon because it can change on a dime or based on how anyone else feels and how anyone else experiences something. Yeah, or anything that gets shook. Like the environment changes and all of a sudden your reality can change. And then you're like, wait, no, that's not true. I I like that. Truth doesn't change. I mean, feelings do change. That's such a simple way. All the time, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right? Exactly. That's such a simple way. All right, well... Let's end the podcast with this. Okay. Um, it's the one like actual question thing I try to be, um, I don't know, consistent with. It's because I'm a capitalist. Hopefully <laughs> it's a segment that at some point gets picked up. 
Awesome. Love it. Please. Happy to be a part of it. <laughs> Do you have any idea what I'm about to ask? Not a clue. Fantastic. Only Should three... I? <laughs> well, no. Well, yes, if I did a better job of convincing people to listen to podcasts all the way through before they come on. <laughs> Maybe... I try to, but I have been on vacation and traveling and have not had a chance. So no I will listen to more. They're just so long. They're just so long. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I love them. Anyway. All right. No, it's um, good. So get ready to tell a little story. Um, not so, hopefully not so much philosophical. I feel like I enjoyed our philosophy, but I'd like to hear a story about you. Okay. Can I get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. My best first for last. Um, all right, I'm going to break that down real quick and just make sure I understand it properly. Um, so my best first experience, that was the last experience? Doesn't have to be a last experience, but you broke it down beautifully. I Basically, the last part is because it's the last part of the podcast. In oh, theory, okay. it's Got the it. last thing people getting to know you would get to know about you. Okay, so my best first experience. Yep. For the last thing, um, people listening will get to know. I will go with a recent one. So I actually go with the free diving. So that was um, really, really cool. And it's something that like, you know, it's new. It's it's not, it's new and it's not. Um, I love the water and I've spent years in the water. I swam like through all through high school um, competitively and I loved it. And you can drop me in the water and I'm happy and I think I should be a fish. However, this was a completely different experience. I like... Got I, I like signed up for it thinking it was going to be like, oh, this is like, it's like one of those things where you get a certification and you sign up and they ask you a few questions and like la-di-da and you get the piece of paper and like, cool. No, it was not that at all. It was like super intense. It was like two 12-hour days of like, um, and, and then followed by like a written test that like I didn't even pass the first time and I had to take it again. Like it was intense. It was like a lot of science where I was like, I don't remember what Boyle's law is. I have no idea how, what temperature you can stay in the water to like, yeah, you had to like study for this and it was like way not what I was expecting, but in, in a great way. So, um, and then like the, the, the being in the water part is just like, it's completely opposite. Like, you know, when I swam, it's like, uh, energy and moving forward, like putting all your energy into it and like, you know, exerting a lot of adrenaline and moving and like you would in any sport. Um, but this was like calm and slow and still and like, it's fucking scary from what I've heard, man, to like make your, (laughs) to, to deal with your breathing and to have your heart rate get, as low as it needs to get from what I understand of people going yeah. in there. So you're basically like, yeah, you're holding your breath. So you're diving without oxygen. Obviously you're, yeah, it's not like scuba where there's a tank and you keep breathing. So even with scuba there, you have to like equalize your ears. Like as you go in depth, you're releasing pressure, um, through your eustachian tubes, like through your nose into your, your inner ear and your middle ear so that it can, that like your eardrum like bends in as that pressure comes and as you release it, it relaxes oh, so that it doesn't burst. So okay. you're, you're equalizing your ears constantly as you're going in depth, regardless of like whether you're scuba diving or whether you're free diving. But when you're doing that, you're learning how to do that without using the oxygen in your lungs to push that pressure up. You're doing it with just uh, like tongue movement and um, closing like the epiglottis and like glottis in your throat. 
Um, and so there's a lot more like factors in there, but the bigger thing Wait, being can just I pause you for a moment. Cause I, yeah. again, I've never spoken to a free diver. This is fucking amazing to me. So just the visual of the eardrum going in and out. Cause you don't want your ear to explode. Right. <laughs> you just like as a free diver without letting out oxygen, what are you doing with your tongue? Like you're rolling your tongue back into your, so if throat? you're, if you were to like pinch your nose and then like press your lips into like a, like a, like you were going to like say P the letter P, but like not open it. Yeah. Almost like pucker. Yeah. And then, and then press your tongue to the roof of your mouth and like not blow, but you're kind of like, like squeezing. I don't know. Like <laughs> I we can't, both I'm look not going to so be fucking stupid right now. I'm so glad no yeah, one can I'm see our face. No one can see this at all. Nobody has a clue we're talking about. Um, Dude, basically, you're releasing, you're releasing pressure. You're allowing pressure or air and pressure to go from one tube into the next so that it creates space for that wall to not burst. Um, so anyway, so that's just one thing. But like you're doing all this, you have to remain fully. You're, you're trying to remain calm. So like part of passing this test, uh, like the certification, is being able to dive to a certain depth but calmly. So like, you can't rush back to the surface. You can't like, you know, be panicked. Like you need to be completely like slow and calm. And like, it's, it's so counterintuitive to be like, all right, there's a mark down this line that I have to get all the way down this line. And when I touch it, then I can turn around. Like our natural instinct is to be like, do it fast. No doubt. It won't take as much, but the faster you go, the more oxygen you use in your extremities, the more like your heart works. So the slower you go, the easier it is. And the more relaxed you are, the more like, control your mind you are the you know the longer you can stay under and so it's just being able to like kind of relax in a place where like you really like it's dark so we're like diving into these like I was in Mexico and they're called these snotes they're like kind of like these underwater caves oh um, dude so yeah like they're so fucking light, scary so the light beam is like the sunlight and that's out for like a certain time but when you are not in that light beam, like when you're in the light beam, all you see is like blue light. You don't really see anything. It's not like you're seeing everything around you illuminate when you illuminate when you're in the water. You're just seeing like blue and then everything around you is black. <laughs> so it's just dark. It's a little sketchy. And it definitely like for me, like there's that moment of like, I don't know what's down there and I don't know what I'm but like it's just being able to like fully focus on what you're doing and where you are in that moment and just relax and just focus on your movement and not panicking and not worrying about what's around you. And it's like this very like strangely calming experience where you should be totally terrified and totally panicked, but like, it's like incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So I highly recommend if you ever get the opportunity to go check it out, but how long long are you holding your breath for when you're free diving to Um, get your certification? It's a, I think it's like a couple minutes. It's a bit. Stop, dude. <laughs> but a there's people that minutes. like, so there's people that have. Um, no, I'm talking about you, not people. Like you held yeah. your breath for 120 seconds plus. More than two minutes, but I don't know exactly. Yeah. So yeah. That's insane. It's a bit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like to, to me again, where, where I freak out is you go down 60 seconds, you feel that burning. If anyone's ever been underwater, yeah, you, you feel that tightness. And from what I understand it is, it's that oxygen where your, your muscles start to tense because you're overworking them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can hold my breath longer in the pool. Like when we do like training in the pool, like to just go back and forth like that, I can do much longer. But when you're going down, you have the pressure and it's much harder because then there's that and it's cold. It's like absolutely freezing. So you're wearing like a thick wetsuit because it's like freezing. So you have the cold, you have the pressure, and then you have like the work you're doing. So like it's much like like where you could do like 50 meters in a pool or 100 meters in a pool, 15 meters in like open water is totally different because you're going down so the pressure look it feels completely different so you can go much farther in a pool and hold your breath much longer but when you're going down it's much like your body has to like acclimate to that yeah, over right? and over. that's what i'm saying man the 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 choice to feel uncomfortable and continue to go down knowing you can't just sprint up and yeah. be relieved of this discomfort And you don't let the air out until you're back at the surface either. So like, you're not like going down and then like, as you, you're not like letting out air bubbles, like you're letting it out. Part of that is like buoyancy. So like there's a weight belt. So depending on what you weigh, we have like lead weights to help you like descend because your body and then the wetsuit, there's a lot of like natural buoyancy that will allow you to float back up. And then the air in your lungs um, adds to that as well. So yeah, you're, you're not releasing that. Plus you, you don't want to like, you got to be aware of like blacking out cause that can happen underwater. And so there's like safety, like there's, you're to be certified in this now too. I can dive with somebody else who also has a certification saying that I am qualified to like pull them up, watch for signs, know if they're not okay, rescue them and same. So you wouldn't want to dive with somebody who's not certified because they're, you can black out and not know that you blacked out and be underwater and then it's too late like and signs like to recognize when that happens or what could happen from that and obviously the goal is to not have that happen but yes so it was just like i would say that was probably like it was very recent so it's fresh in my mind um but yeah that was a crazy experience for sure what made you want to get certified to be a free diver um I like the water and I like swimming (laughs) and i've been to mexico a few times there and they have these these swimming holes and i've like gone and dove in them but like obviously not to any serious depth and it was kind of like something I saw um a little bit online I was kind of like all right I want to know more about that it'd be cool to be able to like learn how to stay underwater longer and like be able to explore um you know like wherever I'm swimming a little bit more and then I got way more than I bargained from in the best way possible (laughs) but yeah I'm super happy and so there's different like levels of um certification so there's four um, there's four different levels for that. And I'm at one, so I would definitely <laughs> like love to go back and do the second one, um, for sure. But so it would be like the next, like, as you go up in levels, there's more depth. There's, that's um, what I was thinking. yeah. So you're holding your breath longer and swimming deeper basically would be the, the main gist of it. So the only um, thing I'm trying to compare that to is, um, I, I jog, I enjoy running. Um, I'll do whatever three, four, five miles and I'll feel the same. Like I could do five miles a day probably at a, eight minute a mile pace and not be sore. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Just like, just flow. But then I'll do a 5k and these motherfuckers are finishing at like a five minute pace. Yeah. And if I had to push myself to that five minute pace, I'm not running again. I don't even know if I could get to a five minute pace. Number one, (laughs) if I did, I'd probably be done for about a week or two. And I'm curious, I just cause you're athletic and competitive. Is it similar to trying to increase your stamina or your pace in running as far as holding your breath? Is it something relative where you're like, no. wow, I worked at this for a week and now <laughs> I I'm- would say it's it's more about 
learning to calm your mind and uh, like be relaxed because the more relaxed you are and the less stressed you are, the less stress on your body, the more you're able to do that. Obviously there is like some athleticism and like there's techniques to like expand your lungs and to like, um, to be more comfortable in the water and things like that and make sure that like there's two, there's like, there's like three different like techniques. So you can do it with like bi fins, which would be like two fins. Mm -hmm. And then there's a mono fin, which likes is like the one, like a dolphin kick. And then there's one where it's no fin. So you're doing like more like kind of like looks like a breaststroke. Okay. If you know, like a swimming stroke where you're like the frog kick. Yeah. I was going to say, we call it the frog. Yeah. The frog. Okay. So yeah, the frog option. (laughs) So there's that. So so each one of those is different um, as well. Um, Different but, as in the way you breathe while you're doing No, no, the way or? you'd be swimming. Oh, okay. Um, so I was like, different, I like, no, those would be like different techniques yeah. that you could learn that like athletically, like the, you know, if your, your mobility, like if you can't, like if somebody has like a range of motion issue and can't get their arms above their head oh, or like, gosh, so there's yeah. things like that physically that you would want to be working on and you could get, you could get stronger at, but it wouldn't necessarily like. I think, you know, from, from my minimal knowledge at this point, I would say the biggest thing would be being able to like stay calm and relaxed and be in control of like your mind. There's so much fucking fear, man. Like I, I'm literally be, I don't have goosebumps, but I'm feeling fucking anxious thinking about it. I seriously am like being that deep, being deep enough to the point where I feel like I need a breath and I'm not one quick upstroke to breaking the surface. Do you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Like I've, I've never yeah, been so deep where I couldn't catch a breath if I wanted to within two, three seconds. Yeah. So we did, um, I went down to 15 meters, which is like 45 feet. Um, and then, and to put that into perspective, uh, my instructor is actually at a like a massive competition in the Bahamas right now. And he's like, he hits like 90 meters and he's going for like a hundred in this. So it's like, That's yeah, so the 15 is like a joke. It's great. I'm happy with it, but it, my goal yeah. would be to like up that a little bit, but well, dude, yeah, if you people think are of a pool. quite incredible. No, What's no, that? Like, well, if you think of a pool, like you say 15 meters, like it's nothing. How many people have fucking dove into a 40 foot pool and touched the bottom? Yeah, Do you know what I'm I, saying? Like, yeah. like most pools. No, it's, it's, it's something. It's not nothing, but yeah. it's something. But it's not like like when you put it into perspective yeah. of that. And then like for me too, it's like that actually helped too because like even like when you think of it, it was like it feels so far away because you can't even like see like there's like a little tennis ball on the bottom of the rope that you're like going for. And like when you start at the top, you can't see it because it's that far down and you're just kind of like, cool, where am I going? <laughs> Let me continue. But like. A little oh, no, bit. There we go. You Sorry. Had a, you had a great zoom freeze. It almost looked like you were about to slap yourself. Um, awesome. Perfect. <laughs> just go there. Yeah. The last but thing yeah, I no, so it's, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's definitely neat that it's just like, okay, yeah, I'm just going down to that. But like, yeah, when you put it in terms of like a lap pool, it's like, all right, that's not that far. I can definitely do that. So I think that does help mentally just having that information in the back of my head of like knowing how far that actually was. And then realizing it's like a mind over matter thing where it's like, oh yeah, no, I can definitely go 15 meters. I've done way more than that in a pool. So why is this any different? And then you're just like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, (laughs) That's actually a good point, man. Because if you think of going, I don't know, end to end versus straight down, a lot of people won't even realize how far they're swimming underwater going end to end. 
Right. But if you tried to get them to go straight down, they'd be like, I could never do it. And you're like, why? Right. You've it's a it. whole different thing in your head. It's like, I mean, it is different, like physically with the pressure and like the temperature and things like that. But like mentally, like that does help me a lot to put it in perspective and be like, yeah. oh, that's not even a lot of the pool. That's no problem. <laughs> I love it. Dude, I love it. Man, thank you. I, I um did not expect to chit chat with you and get so philosophical for um, almost three hours, man. But I really, I really enjoyed it. I, um, I loved getting to know you loved, um, hearing your perspectives and, um, completely understand why you were a life coach. Hell of inspiring, man. Hell of inspiring. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for asking the questions. And it's great talking to you as well. Cool. All right. Well, enjoy your night and enjoy whatever you're going to do tomorrow. Thank you. You as well. (laughs) All right, man. Thanks to Liana for coming on the Getting to Know You pod, giving up so much of her time, getting into so many topics, and for being so kind. Really appreciate the conversation, Liana. Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod, down from day, or episode 19, I believe. Search him up. It's Andre Psyche on social media. Give my man a follow, just for the fuck of it. Thanks to Dewey Crush, the summer's most sought-out and coveted East Coast drink, for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Bring a can of Dewey Crush. Actually, scratch that. Bring a fucking case. The delicious, refreshing, ready-to-drink canned cocktail with you to your next summer event. And guess what, dear listeners? You are gonna fucking crush it. Guarantee! Shout out to Charles Barkley for always doing that. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. You can also, and please do, go to our Patreon to support the pod for as little as $2 a month if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests. If you have not already, it's a suggestion, not a directive, please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Word of the pod is perspective. Perspective is the word of the pod. Post that word on any of our social media or tag the Getting to Know You pod when you use it on yours. And you are going to get a shout out on the very next podcast. Oh, it'll really happen. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. Want to make it happen? Just message us. See you later, alligator.